1: the earth destruction directive. Directive.
0: Directive. directive 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 directive
1: hello everyone and welcome to earth destruction directive a Dai kaiju podcast I am your host, as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I want to thank everyone for downloading to and listening to the show tonight. And tonight, or this afternoon, or this morning, whenever it is you're listening, we have got a treat for you because I am joined by not one, but two of my favorite podcast guests of all time. And you've heard them here on Earth Destruction Directive before. So let me introduce my guests up first. Let me introduce the man who's watched more giant monster movies with me than anyone else, my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. How's it going? Doing alright, and I also would like to introduce the man who takes more crap on this network than anybody else, but God, God, I love him, he's a good friend of mine, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. How are we doing tonight, guys?
0: Good. All good.
1: Alright, well, you might be wondering why I've got these two uh, illustrious gentlemen on, and if you remember previously, when Dr. Bill guest starred on, we talked about, what film did we talk about, Dr. Bill? Uh, the Last Dinosaur. The Last Dinosaur. and when my... la- Wait, wait. The Last Dinosaur. Now, see if Dinosaur could have sung that. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so, yes. The Last Dinosaur. And now, Jay, will you please remind the listeners what movie we covered when you were on the show?
0: The Green
1: Slime! Two films with awesome theme songs. Yes, The Last Dinosaur and The Green Slime. And on both of those shows, we talked about how those two form two-thirds of a trilogy of movies that I watched dozens of times on TBS, the Superstation, growing up. And the third one is the film we're going to be covering tonight, which is Frogs, from 1972, directed by George McGowan. So what do you got, how'd you guys get introduced to Frogs? Oh,
0: from, the oh,
1: yes, no. from the Budweiser commercial? Yes, from the Budweiser commercial. That commercial totally ripped this movie off, by the way burn why then a beginner goes up course
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> eats the frog how yeah. about
0: yeah, you bill
2: I, I I remember watching it um, like you guys on TTBS uh, like and also I think I might might have caught it on my local um, channel 44 dr. Paul bear Creature feature um, movies like this were always on there
1: yeah, I don't. I don't think, I think we didn't. We did by the time we were watching. We had TV and stuff. We didn't have that uh, in New York. I don't think did we, Jay? Like no. a local creature feature host? No. Uh, but, but Well, no, there was no local one. What happened was you would sometimes get like W R didn't even have it. Like they, like Elvira wasn't a normal thing until they brought Elvira like like her specifically back. What we had was uh, USA's Up All Night with Ronda Sheer. And um Gilbert Godfrey, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh then you had you had Captain USA, mm-hmm. uh, who looked like Schneider from uh um
0: uh, uh, one, day uh at a time. one day at a time.
1: Yeah. Um, and hey, I'll you fix had, your uh, pipes. And by fix yeah. your pipes I mean I'll have sex with you. <laughs> and then um and then you had uh you had Grandpa Munster, Al Lewis there. He uh, used to host some of the stuff on TBS. On, yeah, Super Scary Saturdays on Super TBS. Scary Saturdays, yeah. So we didn't have the late night thing, but we had those. Um, like Zachary was a very famous East Coast guy. We it was all that stuff was gone by the time we were kind of getting into that realm. And uh, Frogs is one of those movies that uh, WTBS uh, loved to show, um, you know, along with the rest of the uh, TBS trilogy. Uh, I mean, and 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 we I think we saw it together. Probably I want to say a Friday night kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was on not on Super Scary. We definitely saw it on Super Scary Saturday stuff. But I think it was a Friday night. Maybe when back when uh, Friday night used to have uh, WCW used to have wrestling Friday night. It was one of those after it was over the one hour show. The main it wasn't main event. It was whatever Friday nights was called. Um, I think you and I stayed up and just watched it. Yeah. It's one of those things that was on uh, during their marathons, especially in the summertime. I felt like that was definitely when they showed this one a lot. Because it was one of those things, I remember watching this, and it's still being, like, uh, light out. And, yeah. and Atlanta Braves baseball would be on, and there'd be a rain delay, and they would show this movie. Yes. Yes, because... That, that it, makes sense. Yeah, anyone who grew up with TBS knows about the, the Braves rain delay thing. Even, again, we're <laughs> from New York, and that, that's, you know, something that's part of our, our youth... Yeah. And uh, the other one that, that I mention is that I want to say this was one that saw some rotation on USA's Sci-Fi Friday. Remember that? Yes. Maybe where, maybe that was where we saw that. Might have been where we saw it. that's also where yeah. we saw Kingdom of the Spiders and the bees. Oh yes, Kingdom of the Spiders. Yeah. I love that movie. Wasn't uh, that the one with Shatner? That was the yes. one with
0: Shatner. Yeah. Yes,
1: it is. It is. I tell you right now, if you don't like spiders, <laughs> that movie's hard. For you. <laughs> Let me tell you I, something. I, I dare you to find another movie where a guy shoots his own hand off because there's a spider a crawling on it. It's a woman. It's a it's, still it's, okay. A woman. It makes more sense from a reaction to do that, oh. I guess. But <laughs>
0: no, it's, it's
1: after her husband's whole farm. He's gonna best when he wants to burn down the the ant the the spider hills and whatever, and she's freaking out and shoots herself. And I'm like, oh, like all I know is this. My wife is terrified of spiders. Um, it's well known fact. If you listen to the episode where we talk about. Kelly running up the stairs, locking the door, bolting it with a knife on the table. <laughs> Even she said, "Why would you shoot her own hand?" I said, "Woman, I don't know." Uh, but in any but event, that's another story. That's movie. another there story are are for spiders another day. And frogs too. But the spider there are oh, spiders. Yeah. There's all sorts of crap in this movie, well, isn't there? I'll be honest with you. There's for a movie called Frogs, right? Um, there is a lot of other animals involved here, uh, which is kind of funny because you think about it, this is one of the very early nature run on muck kind of films. And it's just like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that you would later see kind of brought back up. Yep. Yep. In other films. Well, uh, I've got a little synopsis here yeah. that we will run through and, uh, then we can talk about the film. So let's get into it. As I said, frogs was directed by George McGowan was released March 10th, 1972 and stars Sam Elliott and, uh, uh, Ray Milland and Joan Van Ark, just to make the connection back to the last dinosaur. And, uh, like I said, and let's get right into it. Wildlife photographer Pickett Smith is taking photographs of the local flora and fauna, as well as negligent pollution, as he canoes through a swamp surrounding an island mansion estate of the wealthy and influential Crockett family. Jim Crockett, clearly. After Clint... Accidentally (laughs) tips over Smith's canoe, he and his sister Karen escort Smith to the family mansion where he meets the entire Crockett clan. The grouchy, wheelchair-bound patriarch Jason Crockett intends on spending the next day enjoying both the 4th of July and his own birthday celebrations uninterrupted. Due to the mutual dislike of the constant croaking of the hundreds of frogs, Jason has sent a man named Grover to spray pesticide in order to get rid of the amphibians. Pickett later discovers Grover's corpse covered in snake bites in the swamp not far from the house. Despite this warning, Jason continues with the celebrations the next day. The next morning, Michael Crockett sets out to check on a down telephone line. Before he can return home, he finds himself distracted by flocks of aggressive birds which he shoots at, but manages to shoot himself in the leg in the process. Michael is then attacked by strange Spanish moss which immobilizes him as well as a gaggle of tarantulas, which crawl all over him and bite him to death. And the frogs croak on. Back on the estate, Jason's sister Iris sends her son Kenneth into the greenhouse to collect flowers for a centerpiece. As he gathers up the flowers, he fails to notice the dozens of lizards entering behind him. The lizards swarm over the stacked shelves, knocking over numerous jars of powerful chemicals, forming into a lethal gas, and Kenneth is asphyxiated by the toxic cloud and the frogs croak on. Seeing the danger posed by the animals, Pickett suggests that everyone should leave the island, but Jason is adamant that nothing will ruin his day. Meanwhile, Iris is chasing after a butterfly when she runs headlong into a rattlesnake. Trying to escape, she falls into a swamp full of leeches, swamp full of leeches, and then falls near another rattlesnake, which promptly bites and kills her. Her husband, Stuart, comes looking for her, only to fall into the swamp, and promptly get eaten by an alligator. And the frogs croak on. Charles and maybelle Jason's long-suffering butler and cook, decide to leave along with Kenneth's fiance Bella, on Pickett's advice. Clint takes them across the lake in the speedboat. Clint stays behind and searches a nearby grocer, while the others walk on. A flock of poorly animated birds appear, and they run off. Clint discovers his boat has been untethered and swims to reach it, but a water moccasin kills him first. His wife, Jenny, witnesses through binoculars and attempts to rescue him, but gets stuck in the lake mud and is killed by an alligator-snapping turtle. And the frogs broke on. Jenny! <laughs>
0: <laughs> just,
1: that's a big turtle in there! Get away from the turtles! <laughs> Karen and Pickett decide to leave with Clint and Jenny's children, leaving Jason behind due to his refusal to join them. They cross the lake in Pickett's canoe, encountering alligators and more water snakes, which Pickett dispatches with the boat boat paddle and a shotgun. They eventually make it ashore and hitch a ride with a woman and her son. As the woman tells the four survivors that they have not seen a single person or car on the road all day, the boy shows them a huge frog he took from the summer camp where his mother picked him up. Dun-dun-dun! Later that night, Jason, now alone in his mansion, witnesses hundreds of frogs breaking into the house and staring at him and croaking. Looking around the room at his stuffed animal trophies, he starts to freak out and collapses out of his wheelchair from a heart attack. The frogs croak louder and louder as they hop all over his corpse. The final shot shows all the lights in the mansion flickering out for good. So, yeah, nature run amok. This, they could easily call this, you know, uh, uh, you know, every creepy crawly swamp thing ever. Uh, but Frogs is a definitely a, a more concise title. Uh, I'm a big fan of frogs as animals. They're probably my favorite animal. Kind of like my favorite animal. I even have frogs on my checks. So the idea of a movie where frogs are like the <laughs> evil mastermind that kind of run this whole joint and attack everybody and kill all these people, that's pretty cool to me. Kind of like the Toad. Everybody loves Hypnotoad. <laughs> well, you got to remember the... Uh... This was one of those early eco horrors. And after, I think Willard was what, 71, um, that was a surprise success. So people were like, they, <clears throat> the idea became out there like, this might be a marketable thing. And this was early on in the cycle. There's plenty of things that come after this that you can clearly see were inspired by the ideas put forth here. Night of the Lupus. Oh <laughs> Night of the Lupus. Don't knock. Night... I like Night of the Lupus, but those are some big ass bunnies. So, <laughs> it's some small ass sets. <laughs> yeah. Rabbit. The very name strikes fear into the hearts of men. And <laughs> yes, Doctor McCoy was there too. Yes. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> now we're just getting to rip that. Yes. Um, so one of the uh, <laughs> one of the things that I thought um, is great as you watch. In the beginning, as Sam Elliott's uh, paddling around and he's taking all the pictures and stuff, there's he's taking pictures of the toxic waste and uh, not the waste, but like the toxic waste, but like the waste coming out and stuff. And one of the funny things uh, I found was there's a connection there between Godzilla versus Hedra. Yes. all oh, the pollution. The stock oh, footage that's used. Oh, really? Ta- it's oh. the exact same stock footage from Godzilla vs. Heedra.
0: Yep, that's right. Which
1: mm-hmm. ties it right into Earth Direction Directive. Is it the um, one where, where it's like
2: like a it's like a layer of foam on the water, and it's like slowly creeping forward? Is that stock footage or is it just of the garbage itself?
1: I don't. I'm, I put it this way, all I know is. I looked at it. There's, and different, and that there's different shots in there. Oh, I mean, okay. that's there's... that's that. You see that stock footage a lot in different films <laughs> in the in yeah. the 70s. These these I think I saw it pollution like, movies. Films in school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably where it, probably where it comes from. Probably some you know some public domain strip yep. or something like that. Yeah. It's totally the stock footage there, and it's, it's kind of funny because I had uh, I think we had watched Godzilla versus or some of Godzilla versus Hedra My daughter and I. I'm like, oh, okay, that looks really familiar, but it's like, but again, stock footage is kind of designed to look familiar. Yeah. But it just kind of so. I was, when I, was, I was doing my digging. I'm like, oh, it should look familiar. It's the same thing. I, I Actually, do. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, don't. No, that's good, good. All I was gonna say is that the other thing that scene demonstrates, along with the scene at the end when uh, Pickett and his crew are trying to escape, is that at one point Sam Elliott was in fact young.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: He's one of those guys that he just looks old all the time. But no, here, here he went. He was a young man at one point. He even has a shirt off for portions Whoa, of this film. Well, there's something with that, too. Yeah, the, the ladies scene, love it. The Not just the that. Divides. <laughs> the two the, uh, the scenes with him shirtless in the film later helped him land a starring role in the movie Lifeguard. Yep. 1976. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the other things that's edited in, I just want to throw this out there before I forget, there's the scene. Let me get it. I got it here. The alligator attack scene is this is edited in from the movie called Bloody Mama, nineteen seventy, with Bruce Stern, Robert De Niro, and Shelley Winters. I've never seen that. That's movie, a hell of a know. cast right there. Yeah. Well, De Niro's like it's like one of his first movie, so he's listed like 10th. But <laughs> now it's it's kind of like when you look back at Anaconda. Anaconda used to be listed, it was like uh, John Voigt, Eric Stoltz. You know, whatever. Now Ice it's like Cube. J-Lo. Yeah. Ice Cube. It's like yeah. Uh, Ice TV Cube got like higher was higher build than JLo back then at even, the time. But, yeah, but not anymore. Is snakes out there this big? No, that's straight out of Compton. Oh <laughs> my <I like that. laughs> But uh, well, you know that's the thing, is, is they they make really good use of not all all the resources they have and, and filming where they did, they actually filmed in Eden Garden State Park, which is in Point Washington, Florida. A lot of the, um, the they have all the like all the locations and stuff was all stuff there. If you go to any of those state parks in Florida, like we go to Silver Springs a lot down um, near Ocala. You know, that, I mean, it, it looks like it, you could make a horror movie out of it. That house there is still standing. It's like a state house down there. Oh, wow. and, um, and and what's funny with is... All they, those, with, with all those creepy
2: statues that are there for no friggin' reason?
1: Yes. As far <laughs> as I know, the creepy statues are there for no friggin' reason. It You know, do they were there? Go for it, you know. I mean, and the other, th- this is a pretty well-known little bit of trivia, but I always I always thought this was hilarious. They brought in for this film because they didn't use, they had to use, um, you know, wrangled frogs. They didn't, couldn't use wild frogs, right? So they had what? to get a, a frog wrangler. Wild,
2: wild uh, frogs. Wild frogs!
1: I saw that, wild frogs. That's like that movie with Tim Allen. But they, uh, they had 100 South American toads and over 500 Florida frogs that were wrangled for use in this movie. Like ninety nine point forty four of them promptly hopped away.
2: Yes, oh, I'm okay. sure that
1: didn't cause any eco <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, any, any hazards yeah. down down the line. It, it caused a severe overpopulation yeah. of frogs in that area. <laughs> they were like, "What happened?" And they all escaped. Yeah, so hey, very slowly. <laughs> <I've>...
2: <laughs> wait a minute, what's that croaking outside? Yeah. Oh shit! I'm in
1: Florida. Ah. Oh. The other problem was the the they the wouldn't let him inn. stay at the Holiday Inn. Yeah, right. <laughs> wouldn't allow him to keep the poisonous snakes, spiders, or black scorpions he was in the film at the hotel. They're like, what are we supposed to do? But this is this is the kind of problem. Eh, let, let him go. go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So.
1: That that's this this is this is this is cheap ass filmmaking right here. But God, I mean this this film is so much fun. Because any film, again, you start with the American International Pictures logo. That's always the mar- <laughs> that's the mark I know, of quality. I, I was, I forgot that they made this. It's like, oh
2: wow, because I'm used to seeing that in front of uh, Vincent Price, uh, Peter Lorre, you yeah, know, all, all all that run of horror films, all all the Edgar Allan Poe stuff that he did, Yep. you know that, all the Roger Corman stuff. That it's like, oh, oh, like wow,
1: they did this, <laughs> awesome, oh yeah. Well, but if, you know, but to, to, to back up Luke's point about how cheap things were. The, uh, they couldn't afford any live birds for the bird attack scene. Yep. So they superimposed footage of flying birds over footage of people running. Yeah, and it, it doesn't work well. There, there's, no, a re- a, there's a it, reason it, why you see those birds attacking, but then you never see the, the payoff of that. We actually yes, never yes. find out what happens to those characters. I'm assuming they're dead. Everyone else yes. dies in the movie. Why not? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't work. It, it looks kind of stupid. I would have rather they just didn't include it. Just well, have them run you, off, you know. I, I, I can tell you this: as bad as it might look on the DVD, the the MGM release of the DVD, which is actually really good, the Blu-ray <laughs> in 1080p really shows off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's okay. Let's be honest: it's a movie made on a very small budget. It's not like Michael Bay with the Transformers, where you can see through the things and it's shooting, and the second one bad. But you can tell. <laughs> oh okay yeah so Luke Luke Ray hit that thing about the uh that where it was on the um the film the house itself was called the wesleyan house or the wesley house excuse me and it's look as luke said it's in port washington florida um and uh where the heck is port washington florida i I don't know well it says here Um, the park is located near the gulf of mexico's coastline about half half uh, way between fort walton beach and panama city Panama City. Oh, uh, that's up. That's up in the Panhandle. That's up in yeah. in. Well, that's that's in that's northern we
2: that's Florida.
1: let oh. say that's 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 uh, that's South Georgia, isn't it? Is that what they call that? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> South Georgia. Northern Hi, Florida. Scott Rifen, award-winning radio host. All <laughs> so. oh, them Georgia boys, but no, nah, I mean that, that's the thing. I mean, the, the reason why I mean it's so it's so. You know, I never put two and two together as a kid but watching it now it's so clear why TBS loved this movie because they can put this on as a horror movie or a monster movie and there's nothing remotely questionable that they have to edit out of it that you know it's like the worst thing that happens is a guy rolling around with the alligator and that's I mean that's I mean that, there's nothing they'd have to take off for cable television on that especially when you can see clear that the alligator's mouth is taped closed. Again, but on but on, but on a TV broadcast back in the days, in the, the, you know, the salad days of standard definition, you probably didn't no, notice that. Didn't, yeah. No, no, right. What I'm saying is yeah. but they're looking at it going, well, we don't have to cut anything. Cause they, cause if someone says something like, the alligator's mouth is taped closed. Like, it yeah. can't possibly bite you. Yeah, so that's so, – No, but I mean it, it's, it's a movie that it gets by on being creepy and crawly and, and you know, that kind of stuff, which is perfect. For a, a, you know, I I mean, for Ted Turner to broadcast on his network. That's something that he can fill a two-hour time slot for a monster movie or a horror movie and not have to worry about the content, which is why it fits in with the green slime, which actually the green slime is way worse than this from a scary freak-out thing, you know. Plus,
2: plus, uh, you know, Ted Ted Turner was dating uh, Jane Fonda, so he used to creepy-crawly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amphibious, pale, clammy skin. Yeah, we're all in Bloodsucking leech. I do think it's funny. that This is again a movie that I remember watching on a Ted Turner channel, and there's a great line in here, which is like, "We're entitled to be ugly. We pay enough taxes."
0: <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the not a not a great depiction of uh, you know the um, the the uh, the inherited wealth of this family. You know, they're all idiots. Every last one of these people is dumb. I mean, how do you not see the snake hanging on the chandelier? I mean the chandel I mean I, we have a chandelier in our in our uh, dining room it when I stand up it's at eye level if there's a snake crawling on it I don't care what size snake I'm gonna notice that no nothing doing can't can't pull it off with this equipment <laughs> yeah the uh, the the other thing is too that when the phone doesn't work is that still not working <laughs> like what do you think he's doing he's gonna click click, click, click. click, click, click. Like, he's not doing Morse code, lady. Like, there's I don't know why it's not working. So now here's a film. You talk about the phone line being down. Here's a film where reasonably the the modernist thing of, well, if you had a cell phone, this whole movie would be different. You could you could no not prize. Really. Tr- yeah. Because you're out in the middle of the swamp. You don't have cell These reception. Cell towers. <laughs> Just we got George Lucas, some cell towers in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 the cell towers were always intended to be in the film, but the technology didn't exist at the, uh, at the time. And you know, my my kids thought it would be a good idea. So. We,
2: so we I had to shoot sure a scene where the snakes had to come in and wreck the cell tower. Yeah, the,
1: the, they, they wrecked, they bring it right down. It's it's great, it's very exciting. It doesn't slow the film down at all.
2: I had a rogue group of possums <laughs> smash it. <laughs> <laughs> One's got to like. I had, the CGI the, I had the CGI of the possum. Yeah,
1: we, we feel we get a better performance from the CG possums. And we, could, we, could their, their we can control you know, their actions and we can tweak, tweak the performance in the editing room. We 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 tried raccoons, but for cheaper. <laughs> the possums were non-union, so... <laughs> Uh, oh which which brings up the question of how much does Spanish Spanish moss need to get paid to work in a film?
0: Spanish
1: moss. I mean seriously, that that part. I mean I'm willing to accept a lot of this. Okay, I'm willing have to. Have you ex-
2: ever have you ever been around Spanish moss?
1: Yes, actually, my it is cre- kind of a creepy thing. It is creepy, it, but you know what? It doesn't. I mean, yeah, it, I've never seen it move on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's creepy in and of itself. I I'd, I'd be the first guy to be running. What the? F- <laughs> that just moved I'm out of here. I'm, I'm even willing to accept the, uh, the the lizards that have degrees in chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I let's see. Um, let's, I'm going to knock this one off. Well, the thing was is, that how many that jars like of poison a... could they possibly have in <laughs> that greenhouse? Yeah, yeah, let's put all the jars of poison way up yeah. in a precarious yeah. position. Clearly, this, this, that, clearly, clearly they've never seen this. the beyond. And, you know, you don't store yeah, dangerous it. stuff up high in glass jars. Yeah, it just falls on your face. just you falls on know. your face, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, like, I mean, there's different lizards in there. I mean, there's like monitors and gila monsters and stuff. Yeah, there's a gila monster. And I only know that from watching the gila monster movie years ago, the The, the one with the giant gila monster. Do you mean the movie The Giant Gila Monster? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Get your knee up here, boy. But, uh, no, I, I agree with you. It's like, what? I mean, how many, how much stuff is in here? And how does the guy not notice? There's, I mean, lizards, again, most lizards are not the most fleet of foot six of them come through that door before he notices it, you know? And he's closing. The, the door is closing. So are they like just sitting there in the bushes like, okay, here we go. 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 You know? Just sure raiding the, All right, the the go, 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 go go. go, 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 go. Oh my god, he saw us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's dumb. He is dumb. He didn't see us. Okay. <laughs> he quite stupid, yeah. the, uh, the, the one death that I think uh, most people, when they find out what originally was planned, Could admit might be better than they originally had planned was Iris's death. She had a uh, originally she's chasing those those butterflies, and she uh, chases them right into a quicksand pit.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Where she
1: drowns. I now. But it's funny that you can see that in the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah. I know. (laughs) But it's not just that she chases them into the thing and falls in there, drowns. There was supposed to be a giant butterfly. Yeah. That gets her. That pushes her down into it, yeah. Pushes her into the quicksand. Not a rattlesnake, a giant butterfly. Now, you're saying to yourself, Jay, we're an Earth Earth Destruction director. Could it have been Mothra? Mothra. I think no. <laughs> I think no. But Mothra is our friend, if nothing else, in the later movies.
0: Yeah, well, so- you know,
1: the thing is is that t- if, you, if you leave that last part out, it actually really fits her character. Yes, that she'd be so stupid chasing this thing into a quicksand pit. And it always makes me think of... You know, um, on The Simpsons, when Lisa asks Bart what he would come back as, and he says a butterfly, because nobody would ever suspect the butterfly. <laughs> well, my favorite is is Iris walking, and she gets the 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 branch, the 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 vine, excuse me, across her throat, and she's like, oh, oh. like, can you imagine if this, she just choked,
0: like, oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, 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 the person's drowning in a thimble of water. Well, just stand up. I can.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, like I said, there, there, nobody comes out looking good in this except Pickett, you know, yeah. and and it's what? because he's he's the he's the '70s guy hero. He's so the '70s guy, you know. I call Ooh. him Pickett and a Grinning Smith. <laughs> One thing that I, I think uh, I've I've seen this mentioned before, and I, I think it it kind of holds true. In the the beginning, when Pickett's going through, he's clearly not trying to hurt nature. He's taking pictures. He's clearly not the enemy, quote-unquote, right? And as you go through the movie, Pickett is in danger only when he's helping them escape. At no other time is his life threatened by the animals. So in theory, you could look at it saying that the animals are looking at the crockets as the enemy. And they're right. getting their revenge on him. And all Pickett is there; he just happens to be an innocent bystander. He's truly not doing anything wrong. Now, on on the escape, and he you know he has to get in the water and smack the thing with a yeah. paddle, like he's Swiss Family Robin singing it up in there. As <laughs> <laughs> um, your but, Disney connection, Scott Gardner's happy. At least <laughs> he would be if he, he would be if he listened to the show, which he doesn't. So, and, and it's, it otherwise than that, he's never put in danger. And the when you look at the children themselves. Are only in danger when they're escaping. They're not ever like it's not like the frogs are, are like attacking them or there's things attacking them in the house. You so basically, if they had just left Joan Van Ark back, they would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, it seems very clear. Like, uh like the Jason doesn't care. I mean, clearly he's like there's nothing interrupting. I don't care. Kill them all. I want my celebration. I want the menu that was prepared.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I want.
1: You know? He's like the guy from uh, I want my cake from I was just Show.
0: That, that's my cake. <laughs> to you, you, bitch. <laughs> that is my cake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it ate with the
1: God, It works. It works. <laughs>
0: Benelia. it's Father's Day. Where's my cave? You promised me my cave. Benelia, I'm your father, and you're supposed to be taking care of me. I don't hear you. I said I don't hear you. Benelia, you bitch. What do you think I've got you here for? You're just like all the others. They're nothing
1: but a bunch of poachers. <laughs> <laughs> my happy So but uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, if you see if you look at it that way too, because at the end, once once they leave the island, the frogs are like, we got it, no problem. Let's get in that house. Let's get on that guy. Now, the other thing, too, that is, you uh, know, o- what's the only animal that doesn't turn on the crockets? is the family dog. The dog, yeah. Because the dog's loyal to him. Well, at the end there, the dog's like, eh, I don't really want to be part of this anymore, yeah, just... buddy. Like, hey, we should have left, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So you got to wonder. Like, peace out. Yeah. yeah. He's like, <laughs> what was that? Yes, I'm coming. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm help be there in a minute squirrel. <laughs> squirrel? squirrel well he's also the only mammal yes you know because yeah. all the others are, are either reptiles or uh, amphibians or birds and they're cold-hearted snakes yeah just the snakes like that. Of their so, eyes yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't play by rules you know <laughs> so or or i guess moss i guess that's not really a, a reptile either but the uh, the, the, it's, it, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely it, it, it's funny because, like you say, it's one of the prototypical ones of these nature gone mad movies. You know, like uh, you know, Grizzly and um, Day of the Animals. Those are the ones I always jump to. Day of the Animals is hilarious just because he's got Leslie Nielsen in it playing a.
2: That's uh, the one when when he's like he's fighting the grizzly, whatever. Yeah, yeah. With Isn't there Nielsen. like a lightning
1: storm, a rainstorm, or something? Yep, the, the that's two? it. Yep.
2: Well, Hello. the thing
1: is, this is one of the early ones. Yeah, so that, so so you it's, know, so it's this... a lot of the a lot of the stuff that kind of came after that that became the cliched aspects it's so kind of some of that starts here. And one of that, that's like you say with, with picket and the animals only going after the people that are the, you know, who they see as the enemy. So right. that, that, that kind of would become, you know, it's one of these, uh, you know, mother nature, Gaia f- things where it's like, Oh, you know, the animals are, are, in, you know, have their own sort of intelligence and all that. They're not just acting on instinct or whatever they can, you know, they can like orca and can like, you know, sur- perform surgical strikes and, you know, cut out power lines and bite people's legs off in casts and all that shit. But... And follow them all the way into the Arctic. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. where everything freezes. But not <laughs> Peter O'Toole. I'll oh, get him. No, that was Richard Harris. That's Richard Harris, not Peter O'Toole. Funnier Peter O'Toole thing. And Charlotte sounds... rambling, you know. But he has an Irish sounding name. Look, I'm making <laughs> things work. Peter O'Toole has an Irish sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richard boy. Harris. That doesn't sound the same.
2: Peter O'Toole. He'd like, he would just be drunk.
1: You know. <laughs> oh. It's a giant orca. Yeah. Can you commit a sin against an animal? You know.
0: <laughs> Look at that. Put a
1: face Give me a kiss. Oh, my Jesus. Oh, See, we're talking about orca on Two True Freaks. Now, that means that Gardner needs to start interrupting us and talking about Logan's run just to be, you know, after I did that to him when we were talking about Logan's run, which, you know. Like you said, a lot, yeah, a lot of the things that have kind of become the cliches of this kind of miniature genre movement are kind of codified here, which which works, because to me, this is one of the better ones. I'd prefer to watch this over, like I said, Day of the Animals or some of the others like that, because this one seems to make sense. It doesn't have, it, it, it doesn't try to explain things. It's kind of like Night of the Living Dead in that sense. It doesn't give a, this oh, is yeah. why this is happening. It just kind of happens. You know, yeah. and and yeah, these, the they... only
2: hint you get is at the end when they, you know, they're saying that they haven't seen anybody on the road, that maybe this is more widespread or or at least in, well, just more than just that island, you know, where they're
1: at. Yeah, so it definitely implies that this is not just a localized problem, you know, kind of thing. Well, the frogs have been kind of... networking. Yeah. Well, that they're starting to like. Well, the thing is, this too is remember it's secret frog know, communication. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. But the thing is, they, you know, if it's taking over the mainland, it's going to be like, it's going to just start kind of moving its way in, you know, as they go, you know, not not like not like the uh, the what's that movie called, the Nothing Happening, uh, where the wind is the problem. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what a twist! What that twist? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So uh, that's enough. But I'm not like ding dong.
2: That was uh, caused by the wind. I thought it was the
1: trees. Yeah, uh,
0: think... I thought it was
2: just nature. who oh, no! No, oh,
1: no, what, no, wait, no, wait a minute. Wait, that one was just that one was the <laughs> movie. That's what caused that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> All I know is is that. All I know is, is never bet on the white guy. That guy, that's right. All I know is never bet on the white guy. It would so, take a lot to make me lay down in front of a lawnmower. After damn sure, like watching the happening. That's what made me want to lay down in front of a lawnmower. <laughs> I I felt I felt so like I'm watching the people jump off the building and I go lucky. <laughs> oh, wait. okay. So um, the poster art for this movie. Let's talk about that because that's that's classic. one of the most classic poster art right there. And I think that's also I think speaks volumes to what the movement became afterwards. The poster showing the frog with the hand in the mouth. Sticking out of the mouth, which is at the end of the movie, right? It was one of the classic scenes they had there. The little cartoon, it really, ending. like the little <laughs> animated frog hops out and stuff. It really sold the movie as something different if you saw just the poster. Like in the post, the actual poster is a frog with a hand. It appears to be a movie about cannibal giant frogs, because mind you, the hand is small compared to the frog, and it's like, you know it's supposed to be a human, like regular size adult hand. And I think that too surged, kind of sold the movie a little differently. And then people saw it, they're like, oh, it's not about that at all. Um, the yeah, like the that, copy of The post is, like, to me, iconic. Yeah, definitely. The post art uh... of the time, it definitely has that feeling of, like, okay, you're not going into this saying, I have no idea what I'm getting into. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, even though the, it's a
1: nature the... run amok kind of thing, yeah, but it and, still and I... has that feeling. Uh, Today you know, the pond, tomorrow yeah. the world. Yeah, the the cover copy on it is is fantastic. Also, if you are squeamish, stay home. Cold green yeah. skin against soft warm flesh—a croak, a scream. You know, I mean that's uh it, It's it's kind of hyperbolic, but it but it really it serves a purpose. Excellent. You know, I mean, this is clearly a, a drive-in type of movie. This is not a first run type of movie, but I mean, it, but it and it's accurate. If you are you know, squeamish for creepy crawly things, you won't be able to watch this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, they don't they don't yeah. play around. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't like uh, uh, stunt snakes and stunt frogs. These are actual frogs and snakes and gators and lizards and alligator stunt snapping snakes. turtles. Stunt, stunt snakes. Stunt snakes. Like Bring them, in yeah. the stunt frog. <laughs> oh, hi-ho, oh, guys. Boy. This is Hermit D. Frog. <laughs> life I lead, stunt frog. I could be the lead frog. <laughs> if I only had a chance, I'm going to go <laughs> sing my song in the swamp and maybe somebody will discover me. I'm gonna cut in the I'm Rainbow a, Connection here. Some just frog.
0: <laughs> Someday I'll be the head frog.
1: <laughs> why are there so many frogs in this movie? And why do they hate Ray <laughs> They're not really fond of Joan Van Ark either. <laughs> They, oh, they seem okay with Sam Elliott. <laughs> look for Luke's new album on <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke sings Luke, the classic. Say the Luke ruins Paul Williams' greatest hits. <laughs> Speaking of that, did
2: I, when I was looking to go back to, to look at this again, I stumbled across a thing that said it was a frog sequel. And it was a TV movie, and it has Paul Williams in it. It's called Frogs, and it, um, so if I can find it again, I'll give you guys a link.
0: Yeah,
1: well, it's not really a sequel. I looked at the No, movie. it's yeah, I'm it's curious. like
2: some, Yeah, because it looked something like made, like a kid as a frog or something. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? But, but, but it had Paul
1: Williams in it. Yeah, the TV movie came out, and they tried to play off of. It came later. I'm trying. I want to say it's at like '91 or something. I thought. Yeah, it's much later, and it was trying to play off of, kind of that. Because those things were playing on TV. Remember, it, okay, not everywhere in the U.S. did everyone have cable right away. Cable became a slow-moving thing at some points, like our house, uh, where they, we begged them to give us cable for how many years. And one day they just showed up, and all of a sudden ESPN's there. And you're like, <gasps> there's sports and wrestling all the time. And then you realize that there's movies on and things that aren't just on Channel 2, 4, 5, and 7, and, and 9, 11. and 11. And it's yeah. not a bad day. <laughs> You know, well we got uh, eleven pretty good. Anyway, yeah, nine, nine was, nine was hard. I yeah. really hope you were hoping nine came in on on Thanksgiving, because that's what King Kong and Son of Kong and Godzilla
2: were all on. <laughs> so, but now, but now the big lumbering cable giants pretty much getting its ass kicked by Netflix and Hulu. That's just my
1: oh, opinion. Yeah, but that, no, yeah, but yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, is that when you you start having people getting cable becoming available, and you had to fill stuff, because if you remember. You know, you only have to fill, and I, don't, I know Luke remembers this, uh, Channel 5, before it was Fox, but it was just, what, WNY... WNYW, yeah. At Halloween time, they would show Halloween, Halloween 2, you know, how they would Halloween 3, they would show Nightmare on Elm Street, and every night at 8 o'clock, because the local news would be over, you'd watch Three's Company, you'd watch uh, MASH and whatever else was on, and at 8 o'clock, they would show a movie and the movie was on cuz there was no series yet so like, that channel didn't have like now it's every night they have their shows on right and because the channels that had the shows were like abc had like who's the boss and like those right kinda... you didn't
2: get some of those in independent channels until like upn and stuff like yeah, that and, exactly. CW and, and or, or
1: you'd find the local like the, the local independent channel and even then yes. they didn't have series they might have Old stuff that was in um, that was super cheap, yeah. like old westerns yeah. and stuff. Reruns or... of Mannix. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So it, well they were. Andy Leyland's ears that, just perked up. Yeah. So what happened is you had to fill that time, and they were filling, but you didn't have to fill a hundred channels; you had to fill five channels. And as soon as you had the cable kind of coming in, that's what the superstation was. I mean, the WTBS, which is where you know most of us saw this kind of stuff, this is what it was. They had to fill programming. There, you know, the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks only played so many games. Yeah, there's only so and, many hours of WCW you're going to show. Well, that's, but that's what, I mean, think about why did Turner always keep wrestling on WTBS? It was cheap entertainment. It always pulled ratings. But what else pulls ratings? You could show all the comedies you want, but if there are comedies that are uh, like a harder comedy, you have to cut out so much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I, I get this way. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a lot of people kind of have overlooked, but I one of my favorite comedies. It's more, probably my favorite Thanksgiving movie of oh, all time. Yeah, uh, it's because it, it's just phenomenal. The entire scene where he's trying to rent, or trying to get his car, has to be cut out on TV. Every other word is F. And, 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 and I mean, and even if you put like, you know. Whatever fake word over the top, it sounds horrendous. So that comedy loses some of the thing there. And again, there are very funny parts that are no involved swearing. But once you have to start cutting swearing out for TV, you're now dealing with the fact that okay, now the movie looks choppy and whatever. This kind of movie, and another movie they showed on TBS was like Squirm. Yep. And uh, you know they would have uh, on on USA because USA again kind of like. A, not a sister network, but in the same vein, right? That's a that's a Viacom network. They would show like the Godzilla sometimes on the Saturday afternoon. They showed movies that they knew they could show without having to do too much cutting up to it. Another movie, perfect example, was Gargoyles. Gargoyles was a staple of those kind of things. No, yeah, well, I mean they, it was. I mean Gargoyles was a TV movie, so you right, knew there could be anything right, questionable it a, That's a staple of those kind of things. They would oh, put yeah. those out there, and as a kid, you're like, yes, I want to watch this. And as an adult, you're like, okay, my kids watching this, it's, there's nothing going to, there's no there's no uh, nudity, there's no overt sex, there's no language, acceptable. so there's some frogs, and people are now going to be the dead, but it's okay, right? It's exactly like, I think about this, on Saturday afternoons, uh, yeah, Saturday afternoons on ch- Channel 5, the, the WNEW, um... There used to be, they would show, they had the movies at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and then they went to the news afterward, right? And they would always show like a kung fu movie, they would show a science fiction movie, and they'd sometimes show a monster movie, right? And it all depends. There's only so many times they could they had the rights to show Dracula, Frankenstein, Creature of Black Lagoon, Wolfman... Because Universal was leasing those things out, but again, you only you, every time you aired them, you had to pay a fee to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And since Universal didn't own that channel, they weren't they had, they were getting money for every time they did it. So they had to find cheaper entertainment. And AIP, I'll be honest with you, AIP, if there's a buck to be made, we're gonna make it. Yeah. Right. And you know what else? AIP, you know the kind of thing where you'd see they would put out like the as you were saying before, uh, Bill, the Fall of the House of Usher, the mm-hmm. you know the um.
0: Yeah, Pet, Tomb the Pendulum, of senior, Tomb of Ligia, Pit,
1: all those, yeah. And the other thing is, the two they would have they had those type of movies, of course, and then they had <laughs> these type of movies. And if they're willing to, you know, to put them on TV, they're, they're everyone's willing to, you know, okay, it's not going to cost us that much. Let's get them out. Here, well, so. I mean, it, it's the same thing we see now with uh, it, with with, with Sci Fi Channel or mm-hmm. Sci Fi or Sifi or whatever you want to call it. The you know people complain. A lot of people complain. I've seen online. About, well, all Saturday, it's just these, these crappy movies. It's like those crappy movies subsidize your super expensive original shows. Yeah. Okay. So does the wrestling, but I'm not going to get into that here because that, that's a whole other rant. But it's the same idea. It it gives sci-fi, okay, well, we, we commissioned this movie. We didn't produce it, which is another thing people don't seem to understand. Just because it says sci-fi original picture doesn't mean sci-fi made the movie. Okay, they, they advertise dog soldiers as a sci-fi original movie. I thought the horror portion of the internet was gonna crack in half <laughs> over that. Led by one man on this call, who I will not name, but um, the uh, but the you no, know, but but it does. It's the same thing. It gives them time. It gives them hours. It's like okay, here's twelve hours of programming that we can fill up with movies that we have. You know, television rights too, because we helped. uh, We kicked in some money because we were involved with the uh, commissioning the film to be produced. But we didn't. You know, we don't own it outright. The Asylum or or New Image or whomever owns it. But it fills hours for us, and it get they get good ratings. This is that's exactly what this kind of film was. This was a, a film you could plug in at any time and say, yeah, it would get decent ratings. It was an, if you'll pardon the pun, an evergreen title that you could fill in. And it's become kind of an evergreen title on DVD. I mean, this you could find this in the cheapy bin at Walmart for years on it. The Midnight Movies MGM Midnight Movies release because it kept selling. I mean, it's it's. I don't think Frogs is anybody's favorite movie, but most people's like, yeah, I remember that. That was a lot of fun, you know. So yeah. I mean, that that's all I'm looking for with a movie like this. That I love Frogs to me is is, is like gravy on this because this is so so cheesy and corny and fun in a 70s way, especially for somebody like me who wasn't alive in the 70s that it's it's you know you, you turn it on and before you know it it's over because you're having so much fun with it because it's so uh, it doesn't take itself you know incredibly seriously. I know we're shocked by that. but it just <laughs> it just has a lot of fun with the with the concept and you have fun as a viewer watching it. It's not trying to be anything more than it is. You had to say Evergreen. You got Barbra Streisand right? Another Paul Williams right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love like an easy Ever, <laughs> Ever, Evergreen.
0: Evergreen.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of the time that when uh, when it was like the anniversary of that and uh, S- S- Streisand was going to sing Evergreen at the Oscars. It was the, the picture on Drudge Report that morning. And the picture they have is Barbara Streisand accepting her Oscar, and who's standing behind her? Paul Williams. Paul Williams. It's like <laughs> Paul Williams on Drudge Report. It's like all the war, all the lines are converging for me right now. <laughs> if Godzilla was somehow on Drudge Report, we'd be in business. Godzilla, I, Godzilla invades Tokyo.
2: We'd <laughs> be on Drudge Report.
1: Godzilla invades Tokyo. Prime Minister Abe declares recession over. So, don't want to get too political here. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, this this was a, just a joy to rewatch. I, you know, this is one I just just break out every now and again when the wife's not around. Because my my wife is, she does not like the snakes or the frogs or the spiders or any of that stuff either. So she won't watch this. Uh, I remember telling her, I'm like, oh yeah, you can you can watch this. Well, there's nothing offensive in it. She's like, she read the back. She's like, no, I'm not watching this. And she
0: <laughs> went upstairs, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and that was that. Sucker. It's like good night. <laughs>
2: well, I got a uh, in your synopsis, you you said that they. Uh... They accidentally tip over. His oh yeah, they were drunk, yeah.
1: <laughs> slamming Budweisers on the boat. Well, yeah, they, I don't. Um, fair enough. It, it was. There, there is no such thing as an accident. I will agree with that. Safety culture, you know. Well, obviously well, she, the she Crocket- did yell, "Look out!" Yeah, yeah, she's doing Look about out! as she's doing as about as good them. as the person driving the the speedboat at the beginning of Sleepaway Camp. So. Oh, well, I was thinking more like the person driving the speedboat in Piranha. Where they, at the where they, at the end where he, he, he has to duck under the guy and jumps and it catches fire in midair. Yeah. Well, that pyro this is, sharks. That's the, that's pyro the, sharks. Obviously,
2: obviously there wasn't a Sunny Crockett on this island. <laughs> driving that.
0: <him.
1: laughs> <laughs> a lot of Crocketts, no Sunny. Yeah, Sunny yeah. Crockett and Jim Crockett. That'd have been it.
0: Jim, we've Jim got a Jim great Crocket.
1: we've got a great evening of wrestling here on Jim Crockett Island. It was... This says Gordon Soly. Oh, I people. love
2: Gordon Soly. Oh my god.
0: I
1: still... used <laughs>
2: to the armory. <laughs> Gordon Solley for World Championship Wrestling. Now that's when I used to watch that was way back in the day. The...
1: Before it became the big, big That was so like it, that was championship wrestling from Florida back then. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, and, you know,
2: Chief Wahoo McDaniels and and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Dusty
1: Rhodes and I think Ric Flair would show up in there. Yeah, Woo!
0: Well, he was champion.
1: He'd yeah, but he was champion. He'd go through all the well, territories. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, from champion, uh, from if it's Florida, then you got that's Graham's territory. So you got Mikey Graham there, uh, mm. kind of thing. He 'cause his you know his dad running everything. If he you get towards, dog. yeah, well now, now you're getting towards more mid south. Mid south is your junkyard dog, your Jim Dugging, your uh, Hacksaw Butch Reed, uh, Ted DiBiase, Kamala, uh, you know those guys. The Great Kabuki. Yes, Great Muda's dad. Yeah, yeah, Great Muda's dad. Every American wrestling fan of a certain Everyone age knows that. Great Kabuki is Great Muda's dad, <laughs> and they wrestled together at Texas Stadium on the David Von Erich Memorial Show. Oh uh, yes, uh, the Von Eriks and the yes. Freebirds. Yes, on on ESPN every afternoon. That was the, four o'clock every day. That was that got me through. Like when you are just like the doldrums of well, well, I don't know. Up here it snows. So wait—it's like the really crappy days. You're like, there's just nothing. Four o'clock, bam—the Von yeah. Eriks are coming to your house. You're like, thank God they're yeah. here. Yeah, we would we would be running down our road to get yeah. home to watch World Class and watch the Von Eriks. for an hour. Because yeah, because that—I mean, it, it, here's a peek behind the curtain. My, I think my I think it's safe to say my brother's favorite babyface of all time is Kerry Von Erich. Yes. And mm-hmm. my favorite babyface of all time is Kevin Von Erich.
0: I don't so. know. What was their
1: what was their signature move? It was iron, iron Claw Iron Claw. Iron Claw? It was yeah, Iron Claw
2: and then I the squader the, the, it already. is well, the iron claw like, just like the Vulcan death grip? No, from, it, on really your like head, yeah. Yeah, you, know,
1: you, you just flip. grab the head. Well no, but no, because you gotta <laughs> grab your, your wrist. Yeah,
0: so you, you gotta grab
1: your claw. own wrist when you do it. You, you gotta it. grab your own wrist, because that gives you the extra strength in the iron claw. You have that on without the wrist, you can get out. Once I get the on the wrist, Harry Von Eric, dude, look it up. Harry Von Eric, no joke, iron claw. Kevin Von Eric was the high flyer of the group. Yeah, well, see, say Kevin would do the, the no the, shoes. No, he wore no high shoes. He would do the shoes. he would do the the cross body off the top rope. Yes, and then the he body. Scissors. Hell of a drop kick. He yeah, no the
2: one that always wore the red. There was one guy that always wore red shorts, right? Or my uh,
1: that might have been David? David was the big one. Dave Okay, here's what happened. David Von Eric was supposed to be the next champion. He was groomed to be the guy. Fritz had always seen him as being the guy and everyone loved him. And David was taller and big. Kerry had the better look. Kerry had the physique. Kerry had everything. He's was- the one that had the hair. Didn't need the long? Clothes, oh yeah. Hair. Yeah. yeah. Kerry Von Eric looked like, like Conan. He looked like a guy, but David Von Eric, they thought was going to be the champion because everyone respected him. He was a tough as nails guy and he died and they didn't know what to do. And when he died. He had the infection and everything was in Japan. And they were like, well, okay, so everyone then was gonna mourn him. So what happened was Kerry was given the rub. Instead of it going to Kevin, it went to Kerry. Kevin, uh, Kerry goes over Ric Flair at Texas Stadium on the David uh, uh, Von Eric Memorial Show. He wins the title, and Texas State. I mean, this is this is Cowboys, this is Cowboys Stadium. They're going ballistic. He, he's gonna drop it back to Flair anyway. It didn't matter, but they needed to give him the rub there. You had to give them something because everyone there, if Von Erich had lost, it would have been just devastating to people in Texas. Because the Von Erichs were not just a wrestling family. They were an institution there. The Sportatorium, the piece-of-crap Sportatorium with the rats both hanging out outside trying to hook up with the wrestlers and running underneath the floor. (laughs) Both kind of yeah, rats, the, the rats with tails and the and the the, uh, the rats ring rats, stopped. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was just it was nonstop. It's, it's unbelievable when you see like what the sporting Tour in. It's just this little crappy building, but it, when you look at it on TV, that place was wall to wall people. Everyone was there. Every you did not do anything except go to be with the von Erics to the point where they tried to introduce um, the cousin Lance von Erich there. Right? The one who wasn't really a Von Eric And eventually like people like, he's not a Von Eric. He he went he went to this high school. He's not their real cousin. And then they had Chris Von Eric, who's the young who was one of the younger ones. He was always sick. He was never gonna become that. And then uh uh and then what was the youngest, youngest one? Shoot, why can't I remember his name? Was that Lance that Lance younger? The youngest, younger but again, these this they were a cursed family. They just they were just pushed hard, and whatever, but Man, Kerry Von Erich, just different level, different level baby face. And not not to say that like there weren't great. I know we're not talking what we're supposed to talk about here, but Kerry Von Erich. Hey, it's my show. We'll talk about whatever the hell we want. Well, to. I mean, it thing. does tells into the whole Superstation. And well, but this is, is, is what was on during that time frame. Kerry Von Erich is a different level baby face than, let's say, let's think about it, the biggest baby faces of the 80s, right? Hulk Hogan. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Different kind of, totally not the same kind of thing. Sting. Sting. Yep. Uh, I'm, and, and my 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 thing is this: Magnum T A was cut down in his prime with that car accident because Magnum T A could have been, I think, the biggest baby face of the '80s. Uh, like maybe not Hogan level, but he was something else. But and the other who else? It? Dusty Rhodes, right? The American Dream got his got himself there. He's the Booker. He kept putting himself in it. So, but Dusty Rhodes appealed to the common man, right? There's not – I mean, my wife watched wrestling when she was young. But if you watch – we watched we watch an old um, world class on ESPN Classic. When Kerry Von Eric comes out, wife goes, wow, he was really good looking. And I'm like, yeah, Kerry Von Eric was something. Guys knew he was good looking. You look at him, you're like oh, – Guys man. in Texas even. Yes, right. Guys in Texas. <laughs> and, and he goes, that – he was – why? Because he was everything – I mean, clearly – the audience didn't look like Carrie Von Eric. They were not like Adonises. But man, you wanted to be him. And every girl wanted to do him. And that's what it comes down to. They, they would come to the ring. They would basically be raped on the way to the ring by these girls. They're kissing them and hugging them on top of them. And they're just fighting their way to the ring. They still had to get in the ring and fight the, the, the free birds. Or when uh well, Iceman King Parsons was with them and then turned. Or maybe it was... You know, Sheik Adnan Al-Casey's. As I said, yeah, Sheik Adnan's crew there, yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe it was Hollywood John Tatum, you know. uh, Going going real well there. So, But that kind of stuff, and I think the thing is this, is one of the things when uh, we were talking about cable became major, TBS was one of those stations that did that stuff, and uh, I know a lot of people kind of look back and like, ah, who cares? It was important. And it was, it changed, I think, the way we saw things. I think it changed our exposure. I think it helps mold who you are. Luke and I talked about this on the Green Slime. Um, what you're into molds who you are. Luke and I grew up in a house where, where monster movies are not just okay. They were, that was what we watched. They were encouraged. Right? Yeah. What I'm saying is, I mean, that was, not, I mean, they, they were, they were the norm. Yes, I mean, yeah, the, fir- yeah. the first, literally the first magazine I remember having after Zoo Books was Famous Monsters, of film. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what I'm saying is, but to us, growing up with monsters, growing up as, because we were not, we're not monster kids. We're not. The monster kids were the kids my dad's age who grew up when Famous Monsters were brand new on the newsstands. Luke and I are this, uh, you know are, are part of a generation of that. Like, we came in after the fact. To, uh, to me... When I was a kid, a star was someone like Curran Matthews, who is not a star in the 80s. Curran Matthews made movies in the 60s. Ray Harryhausen is someone who I, who helped shape part of my life and why I'm into monsters and why I build things and why I paint. Ray Harryhausen, well, a lot of people don't even know who that is. Okay, he's one of the most influential people in all of in all of movies for special effects, and people don't know who he is. But by the same token, remember, we were coming into a time when Rick Baker was starting to get into film and started making films. Rob Bottin as, what how was he, 18 when he made The Thing? Like, you started all of a sudden getting effects people who were truly getting their, their notice. So those monster things, those the availability of even the stuff that influenced them. When you see what influenced Rick Baker and Bottin and Stan Winston and all those guys, where they're coming from. Right, and even you know the, the Roger Corbins of this world and things like that. That all those influences we're getting to see them now for the first time because you know th- there is not unlimited movies available. It's what do you got on the five channels you got? Now you got a hundred channels, and now here they're showing these movies. Think about this: if you wanted to get a movie in in the mid eighties, you went to a video store and rented one, right? That's one way to get it. Yep. Yeah, or paid for those for you copies. exactly. You paid $100 for a movie. I remember, uh, it, was a, it wasn't called Saturday Matinee back then. What was I remember what it was called. It, 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 I remember the mall, the video store, and you would uh, Luke, well, Luke would know this. The one, well, the only, the one in, at, at Danbury Fair Mall or yeah, JV yeah, Mall? Yeah. Danbury. The one before Saturday Matinee, I do not remember. Maybe but it was. A- it became Saturday Matinee. Yeah, it wasn't like Sam Goody, was it? No, no, no. It was it was a little store like Saturday Matinee. Okay. Uh, and you'd walk in, and we would go over to where the new releases were. On sale for $99. Not $99 Predator. Robocop. On LaserDisc. And you're like, wow. Man, I would love to see Predator again. Not and at $100 you... you weren't. Yeah. No. Right? Especially not when you're Seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, like, movies weren't as readily available, and I think that's part of the problem. And and this came up, uh, we've heard this discussion actually happening. Uh, we live in a society now where everything's instantaneous, right? I have people say to me, why do you buy Blu-rays? Blu-rays dead. I'm like, well, if it was dead, they wouldn't make it. One. And what happens when when my internet goes out, like the other day during the snowstorm, and oh, we yeah. have no cable and no phone? We put a movie on. Well, that we yeah. It. I try to see, you know, people, well,
2: why do you buy books? Because oh. if the power goes out or, you know, my computer crashes or whatever, or, you know, then I go a little off the beaten path and I say, well, you know, when the EMP pulse comes <laughs> and we lose everything, <laughs>
1: I'll have my books. Yeah, I could still read when I'm taking a dump. Thank you very much. But is, yeah. isn't that also too part of the feeling? This is something that I think, uh, I mean, uh, Stan Lee actually had a very great quote about uh, why – digital comics will never truly replace paper comics because looking at boobs on the computer is great, but feeling a pair is even better. Right. The feeling of the book in your hand. Yeah. Right. My wife reads, uh, James Patterson. She loves James Patterson. His new book came out and I ordered it through the two true freaks link on the website to go right to Amazon. There's the plug. Mm -hmm. Um, gotta get in there. And I ordered her the book and she said, well, If it's cheaper on the Kindle, can't you just stream it through your thing? And I go, no, no. We're going to buy you the book and you're going to read it because I know that she will not read it. The Kindle will be fine. She'll read some of it, but she'll like take forever to physically have the book in your hand. It means something eventually probably won't mean anything to some people, but it means something now. Oh yeah. I mean, you get that. I mean, I mean, we were talking about going and looking at the new releases I had to go to Best Buy. I, 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 I told I my friend Adam, I was a living anachronism last week <laughs> because I drove to Best Buy in my Pontiac to buy a CD of Megadeth. So I'm living <laughs> in the past, man. Okay. So the I'm 90s, a, you're alive, the man. 90s, man. It rocks in here. But, and I had to explain, I said, well, I said, I said, I, there are certain bands I always buy physical media for, because I said, for the Ephemera, heavy metal bands I like, I'll always buy the album because it's the artwork, it's the liner notes, all of it. It's all the experience that goes into a metal album. I said, I had to go. So I said, so that, I said, I'll always buy Megadeth. I'll always buy them on CD. So that's two of them. I said, I own the Pontiac. So that one's kind of a fixed point. Okay. I love my Pontiac. In fact, I've owned two Pontiacs in a row. In fact, I'm, I'm a little sad I can't go buy a new one when I want to replace this one. But anyway. Um, and I said I had to go to Best Buy because I wanted to get the bonus tracks. I said, just because, you know, Wired Magazine or whatever keeps telling us that these models are dead, they're not necessarily dead. They still have some life in them. Otherwise, so like you said... If they're dead, then why are they still making like albums now? Right, but people are buying. Them. People are buying them because you know it's 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 there's something to owning an album. That's why we do long play. It's not a collection of singles. It's about an album. You know, so I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's the the, the concept of, of you know. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, you could leave this in the show if you want. Sorry.
2: Okay. Because you ed- editing, I'll, I want to do a long play. I was trying to do a long play with Scott Rifen on Operation Mindcrime. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in that? Yeah, we can do that.
1: Okay. all right. Back, back to the show. And now, back to our show! But the idea of, of making, of, of media failing to fill up hours and for some things to have a meaning to you only because you saw them a lot that you would not have necessarily been exposed to, you know? It's it's like when, um, when, when, when I mean, Jay, you can relate to this, when when you're out on your own for the first time and you start building your own VHS library mm-hmm. and eventually DVD library, those become mm-hmm. the movies that you identify. You know? Mm-hmm um a, a great example um remember on uh, when when Indiana Jones and Last Crusade came out on VHS oh yeah okay dad already owned uh Raiders and Temple of Doom so we had to get Last Crusade and of course we saw Last Crusade at the Cameo Theater in Brewster New York you know which was awesome but uh what what do I I it's it's almost not a full experience of watching Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for me without watching that Diet Coke commercial that came before it on the VHS. Oh my page. God! Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that—that's part of that experience, you know, because that's how you consumed it. So it's like you're used to that. Oh, you gotta watch the thing, and and every time we'd watch it, Dad's like, "Well, that's from that's from a different movie, and that's from Raiders, and that it's like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> we we know <laughs> we're all on board with this, it's, but uh, you know, but so so. And things like that. I mean, it's, it's watch like like watching frogs. I almost expect Grandpa to introduce it, you know, or to get the yep. commercials for you know uh, Championship Wrestling from Georgia or uh, the Braves game or the oh, Munsters yeah. or whatever the hell TBS was going to be advertising during mm-hmm. the commercials for it. Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith's Show was a common, the popular uh, one. Like I said, I always I remember Beverly the monsters I always remembered the Munsters and Adam's Family were an hour block. I always remember yes. that one because I because I, I was like, oh, this is just fantastic, but. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's this thing now. It's, uh, that we can't have things that are just entertaining and don't, don't, no, don't, how do I want to put this? Don't have ambitions beyond that. You know, Fro- Frogs was a movie that was made to make money and to be fun. And it was, you know, yeah. we don't have to have Tumblr pages dedicated to it and, and blogs and podcasts and all this, you know, uh. Uh, analysis and, and, you know, listicles. And you won't believe what happened on the set of frogs. If you click this clickbait, all that that's kind of sprung up around media that we have now, because we have all the information on demand and we're so in desire to, to, to consume more of it. We can't just enjoy something. Consume, consume, I, I think consume is right. Yeah. Well, we, when you got, when, when we saw you over the holiday, I said this to you, not every movie has to change your life. It's it, true. Yeah. People now want every single thing, movie, sim, perform anything. to be, Well, it didn't change my life. It doesn't have to. Okay. Something can be entertaining to you and not. At no point am I going. Well, thank God I watched frogs, because now my inter- my my uh, opinion on. I will stop polluting the you know the environment. And stuff. Like, you know, it's not designed to change your life. It's designed to be entertaining. Actually and you get... watch frogs you might
2: think maybe I need to pollute the environment some more. Yeah.
1: We well, don't want to you get
2: all pissed off. Hell, <laughs> we'll kill some of these
1: bastards off. Get them off. before it's they get us. <laughs> the Spanish moss is even coming up and it's like Spanish moss is like I, I think of like the Cheech and Chong of this movie. Yeah. It's just smoked up. It's like, "Hey yo, man.
0: Yo. Hey. All right,
1: yo bro. We'll do.
0: All right man, yo.
1: What's up, <laughs> SA?" Hey, man. Or or it's like the the Rastafarian part from uh Freak. Oh, the Rastafarian yeah. eyeballs. Yes. Hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> oh God, there's a movie we did. <laughs> Twelve milkmen, though unlikely, is possible. Thirteen, however. <laughs> I said that on. I think on. I know on you did. <laughs> Podcast. It's one of my favorite ones. So, but you know, so, but it's true. People are looking for everything to change their life, and it, and and maybe you see a movie and it does, and it hits you. I mean. There are movies Luke and I have seen in the theater together. There's movies we've seen, are, you know, whatever, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and I'm sure the same, Bill, for you, that it's like, wow, that just hits you. Like, it hits you right and you're like, that was something else. Like, that totally just hit a nerve with me. And it might be totally different. Um, You know, it could be as simple as this. We, uh, my brother, uh was back when, um, I don't know if we were, I don't, if, I don't know if I was married yet. I might have been. I don't think so. I think it was before I got married. It was my – now my current – my my wife uh, and myself, my brother. Careful and how then, you say that. Well, no. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to – I don't know if Kelly and I were married at the time. I don't know if we were engaged. Put it this way. I don't think – I think we were – I was still living at my parents' house, so I wasn't married yet. Right? So it was, it was Kelly, myself, Luke, and, and our buddy John. And we had to go to this little tiny theater. It's a little art house theater in, in, in Bethel, Connecticut, to see um, Memento. Right? Memento was only playing there. It's so the only place it was. And it's only playing at like one show, and then playing six six hours later another show. Well, we all sat down to watch Memento, right? and we're like, and when it's over, you're like, when's the next show? Like it hit us that hard. Not every movie has to hit you like that, because it was just like, what did we just see? I want to see this again, and you're still talking about it. You're still whatever. Yeah. You can. Under, I mean, not every single thing's going to do that, but I'll be honest with you guys: is this? And Luke knows this. He's seen. My, what my DVD collection looks like. You see what my Blu-ray collection looks like. When when I heard Frogs was coming out, I pre-ordered it on Blu-ray on Amazon through the link because why? Because I'm like I gotta have Frogs on Blu-ray, right? It's it's a double feature, uh, the Jaws of Satan, I think. Um, I believe and, that's right. Yeah. Or and then and I also ordered Food of the Gods, which is another movie that TVS would show. Uh, which was another of my favorites. Food of the Gods and was the one that we'd always catch like an hour into it, though. Dude, I don't think i would ever. I've seen never the, seen it. It's like the that, and The Quick and the Dead. I've seen the beginning of exactly one time each. <laughs> so, so yeah. I can continue. It was, and then I think that's with Tentacles, which is another one you would catch. You know, kind of like, hey, oh, this is on. You know, kind of thing. Actually, it's Food of the Gods and Frogs are together. Oh, they really, are okay. Yes, and then what? And then it's what Tentacles and I, I think, think things, it's Tentacles and Jaws of Satan, Satan. isn't it? Oh, I know it was all those movies came out at the same time from Shout Factory. You know what's funny three. is we actually talked about this while doing the green slime one. It's Tentacles and Reptilicus. Oh, true. And then I think it's Empire of the Ants maybe. Ah, that's and that's another TBS movie right yeah, there. Yeah, Empire of the Ants, yeah. which which would but again with with giant ants farting on people.
2: <laughs> I remember Giant Ant Hills is that one.
1: No, no giant, um Empire of the Ants is the one with um who's that? Joan Collins Joan is Collins. in that, yeah? Oh, okay. All right. The the thing with the giant hills you're thinking of? Uh, mm-hmm. well, Giant Ant Hills might be them. That's the old one from the fifth. No, 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 no. No, this this was a <sighs> this was one that is then you're thinking of Kingdom of the Spiders. They make these giant spider mounds. And that's where uh, the farmer wants to go burn the spider mound down and and they start they, and all the spiders come out the back end of it.
2: Yeah, I could have swore there was one with normal-sized ants, where they used, build these huge, massive mounds, and these people are studying them. Is that the naked uh, prey?
1: No. The oh, naked phase jungle. Four? Phase four. Phase four. Yeah. Okay, phase yeah. Four. That's a good, another great movie that people have never heard of. Yeah. It's just phase four that, is on Blu-ray. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I have it on DVD here. I bought again day it came out. I'm like, we got to get this thing, and, and no one's looking for this movie. Phase Four is the one where the ants are like they're they're communicating with them, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I mean it's like I mean there's there's these all these movies out there that are that no one would even take a look at. Like, wow, example. The Deadly Bees is also on Blu-ray. Yes, Sweet <laughs> Christmas, The Deadly, <laughs> Deadly bees, bees. That's the one it's where they expensive. go to the U- that's where they go to the UN at the end, isn't it? We must listen yeah. to the bees. Yeah, I but I think it's twenty five dollars or something like that.
0: Sixteen ninety
1: nine on Blu Ray. How much? Sixteen ninety nine. Oh, the one. The, oh, I know what it was. It was the other. Uh, the not the. Not, not, I'm trying to think. Of that. There was another one out. The Deadly Bees. That's the Amicus one. Yes, oh, that, I think yes. so. Yeah, Amicus. The name that means awesome and horror. It's like, ha- it's like hammer. It's like Amicus Hammer light. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> dude. Amicus. I love you Amicus. Word, <laughs> you put the word Amicus and anthology together. <laughs> You have a great afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. No, wait a minute. The Deadly Bees is the one that was on Misty. I think the Killer Bees is the one where they end up at the UN. Oh, I don't know. Well, whatever. There's bees. What's the one where they're in? Is it
2: in Texas Stadium where they drop the temperature to kill the bees or to freeze them out? That wasn't the swarm. No,
1: the swarm is the one where they try to the four guys with flamethrowers try to burn down Houston. yeah, but there's one where they go inside a stadium and they lower the temperature.
2: No, the way th- the stadium. way they
1: kill the bees in the swarm is they light the Gulf of Mexico on fire. I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying to – t- I swear I'm not making this up. I'm tr- I know the one you're talking about, though. What is that one where they kill the bees by lowering the temperature? I don't remember. Yeah, they're all kind of blurring together.
2: And, like, the bees are coming into the car through the, uh, like, the air sh- – like, like the vent. And that, that used to scare me as a kid. When, that I, was, I was afraid oh, bees were going to get in the car through the a- AC vent.
1: And You wonder why your daughter' reaction was Bees, not the bees The Savage Bees Savage <laughs> Still oh, the Savage Bees, the, the, the savage bees is, I think is the one with the stadium Is that like okay. the Savage Hulk? The Savage Hulk, it's like the Savage Hawkman yeah. It was cancelled after 21 issues yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. I
0: swear to god That's what the bees oh, We're going to
1: put all these movies together IMDb, the Savage Bees, here we go
2: And then to top it all off we'll watch uh, What is it, uh, the one that Dirk Pe- uh, Benedict was in Oh Blu- my I mean, God! I have a, I, I, I have, a, it on Blu-ray ready. I have a story it? about that. And was not Strother Martin, uh, the you know the guy that's in Cool Hand Luke? Wasn't he the guy that was the doctor that turns him into the snake? Who's uh, 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 who, who turns him into the snake?
1: He t- oh, well, I'll be able to tell you in a second. I, have, I, well, even- by, by, I got a story about the movie. Okay. S- yeah. So I so way, this is uh um, yeah, strother Martin, that's right, uh, oh, wow, wow, I just pulled that yeah, out of nowhere way, way back Woo. when in in the days of hallowed antiquity around 2000. but, wait,
2: but if nobody knows who Strother martin is, you've you've heard him, he's the guy who goes, what we've got here. <laughs> Is a failure to communicate. So anybody that's listed Guns N' Roses, that's gonna say, <laughs> is gonna know who I'm talking about.
1: But uh, way, way back in hallowed antiquity, around 2003 or so. Um, oh, well, the dark times Before yes. the empire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a more elegant weapon, for, but uh, uh, a more civilized weapon from a more elegant age. But the, uh, I, I'm, I'm living in one part of the state, and my before we were married, my wife's living in another part of the state, right? And my dad sends me a package because he had ordered on DVD, right? And he sent it to me. So I'm on the phone with my wife. And she, I go, oh, I got a package from my dad today. Oh, what was in it? He sent me a movie. What was the movie? Tss. Okay, Luke, can you say that again? You broke up. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to listen. The name of the movie is... Ts. It's like, I swear to God, you broke up again. I'm like, no, listen, that's the name of the movie. So this is the 2000s version of who's on Facebook. Yes. And so I finally go, no, look, the name of the movie is spelled S S S S S. And she goes, the name of the movie is S? And I'm like, no, it's sick. you broke up again. I'm like, son of a bitch! SS. What it's a it's a movie about Germans? I don't get it. Oh. I brought it with me. She's like, I'm not watching this. I'm like, oh come on. Okay, so the <laughs> she's like, movie? and then she's like, well, they gave it a very bad name. <laughs> Who is the girl? Is is The girl uh, is Heather McKenzie is oh. am- is amicus, and that was on Misty. That was on Misty, yeah. The killer, Misty. I want to say, the Savage Bees is the one that Bill was talking about, where it frees them in the stadium. And then I think it was called the Killer Bees, where they end up at the UN. There's one movie where they end up at the UN, is all I'm saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Swarm, you know? I, that, I watched that, it the other day. The Swarm. The Swarm's a great movie. I've got yeah. the the DVD is is 165 minutes. You yep. want to talk about being outmoded? I'm gonna bu- I'm watching this on eBay. I'm gonna buy it once I get a, on enough eBay bucks. The VHS copy of Irwin Allen's last movie, When Time Ran Out, with Paul Newman. The VHS copy is the only way you can get the extended 181 minute version of it. This is this is like one of the worst movies of the 1980s. But it's Erwin Allen and Paul Newman and it's Pat Morita. Like the Marita. one with the volcano, is it? Yes, it's exactly the one with the volcano and red buttons. <laughs> not, not, they... it, not it is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. The... Oh,
2: don't 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 they run across like a lava field or something? Yes, and On they've the got all
1: they've got to all walk across it, and the one guy's the doing the tightrope thing, and Pat Pat Morita's character is training is like is like a cockfighting trainer. Oh, I swear, God. I'm not making this up, <laughs> Mister, Okay, so Mister the... Mikaki. <laughs> Oh, chicken sod oh, <laughs> So the deadly bees <laughs> was renamed. It's called the bees, and that's what John Saxton and John Carradine. If
2: if that was in
1: German, it'd be das bees. Das bees. I <laughs> say <Bees. laughs> okay, okay. So was that okay? So that that like was it. the deadly bees. It's also, so yeah, deadly bees is also known as the bees. Okay, so and then the, what about the savage bees? Uh, hang on, I got to get to that one.
0: The Savage, Savage
1: Bees. Bees. The Savage Bees was a TV movie. Savage Bees is with Ben Johnson, Michael Parks, and Paul Heck. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking.
2: The time looking. Yeah, that's at the. That's the one. Yeah, and, and at a resort.
0: Yeah, it's at a resort in proper. Hawaii,
1: and in fact, most of the money went to filming it in Hawaii. <laughs> and and you know because it's not on the screen, that's for sure. And time ran out, dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay, so this person had the exact same idea we did. This was my third Killer B flick in a row back when I urged overtook me to watch th- some of those. So this made-for-TV flick from the 70s ended my Killer B trilogy. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are the three <laughs> of them, I guess. Well, well yeah. one of them, I could have sworn there was a B movie where they ended up at the UN. I guess I'm just making that up. I don't know. Oh, no, it could <laughs> well, be. Hang on, I got more. You know well, oh, I gonna... oh no, I know what movie. Oh, sorry, Doctor Bill. I know what movie you're talking about. The ants. It's the movie called Ants. The giant mounds. They drive the bulldozer into them, and they're all over the hotel. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, that, no, yeah. I've yes, got don't... that one too. I got. I have that no, one. No, on I think. A's. I think. I think the one. Phase four, I think, is, about, is the phase, one you phase... were talking about. But ants. Yeah,
2: because I because I remember they would they had like they would cut to black screens with just white lettering. and I thought it said like phase one.
1: I oh, know. No, that's phase that's, two. That's phase yeah. four.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: but the the movie ants yep with uh which has the cover is the, the poster is awesome it's a woman and she's she's naked and she's holding her breast and there's just ants all over it which my wife loved that cover so let me tell you um my wife can appreciate a good pair of breasts but when there's ants on them she's like
0: sorry um, Suzanne
1: Summers. yes yes that's the one where there's giant mounds and they hit it with the bulldozer and all the ants go everywhere and they kill people Stripped and, and eat them alive, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, okay. That's a different movie, but Phase 4 is the one where they're talking to him. Um, so I don't see... Like, it, the problem is, without actually going through and watching bees, killer bees, and I know the Deadly Bees is not at the UN. That's the one where she's the... That's where the guy is, is raising the bees himself. He's he's a little nuts. She's a movie actress looking to get away, and he's killing people with them, and, and it's just... It's 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 amicus. It's not. The well, best you know, movie. we're gonna
2: have to start another. Well, we're, you're gonna have to do another trilogy, Luke. You're gonna have to have B movies.
1: Yeah. Well, this literally. it's funny that you say that. Oh. Because there might be a podcast coming down the pipe about B movies, which might feature B movies. But not B movie. But not B movie. With, not with, the movie. Not not the B movie with the animated one. With Jerry Seinfeld going, hey, ladies, how's it going? No, I'm not watching. That's not happening. <laughs> We're talking all over the place here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I actually just searching to Google, killer bee movie UN. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the bees, 1978. I'm pretty sure this is it. If that's the deadly bees. Burgess you have busy. to listen. You have to listen to what the bees have to say.
2: Well, Let's see here. Burgess uh, Meredith, and when time ran out.
1: Yes, here He's we crap go. Crap and lava rock. Okay. In New York, be experts. Yeah, this is it. They end up at the UN. Yes, that's right. In New York, be experts. Doctor John Norman, played by John Saxon, and Doctor Sigmund Hummel, John's. played by by John Carradine.
0: We must
1: listen to the bees. Yes, we must listen to you. <laughs> appeal to the United Nations. There you go. There is the UN in there. Okay, so there we go. We have to. We now have to do all the B movies, and I mean all of them. Does that mean we eventually have to do Tarantulas: The Deadly Cargo? Wasn't that a sequel to a, a B movie? I own that one too. I don't know. It's, I got. I actually the... got Tarantulas: The Deadly Cargo and Ants on a two-pack at like a salvage store. Oh, Somebody had God. a box of them. I got it for like two bucks. So jelly. Is <laughs> that a two-pack Shakur? Two-pack Shakur. No, he's he's not actually dead, so I don't know if it's actually him. But... you, baby. Uh, but yes, when time ran out with Paul Newman, Jacqueline Besett, William Holden, Red Buttons, and uh, Burgess Meredith, Ernest Bord 9, James Francisus. This thing's a powder keg. Well, oh, I think
0: that's a damned irresponsible conclusion on your part.
1: I think that's a damned irresponsible conclusion on your part. And uh, <laughs> Pat Morita. And, and, and cult action doesn't have this? No, cult action does not have it. I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna contact him and see. Hey, you know, can we work something out here? But <laughs> we can have, have the Irwin Allen cast. Let's get enough of those. I love Irwin Allen because he's, he's, he's he he had all these great ambitious ideas, but didn't want to pay for any of them. <laughs> My favorite Irwin Allen story of all time. It was an episode of Lost in Space, where the script called for the alien to land in a big fancy UFO. And they 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 ran the numbers and they showed Alan how much it was going to cost to build this, and he looked one look at it and said, "Let him walk." <laughs> yep. <laughs> did he you know, do the? He didn't do the airport movies. Those are those no, are different. no. He didn't do the airport. I, I love the airport movies also, but he didn't. He didn't do them. No. He 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 did um. He he did the uh, he didn't earthquake. direct, but he did. Well, no, he he worked on Earthquake. He worked on. Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno. He directed The Swarm. He directed Beneath the uh, or Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. He did some of the TV With movies. Michael Caine. Oh, sorry. Well, Michael Caine's also in The Swarm, so. <laughs> well, excuse and he me. Pause four, where he hits the water and gets out dry. Yes. That movie paid for his new house, so that's why he liked it. Yeah. Uh, but he also did like uh, The Night the Bridge Fell and uh, Fire and Flood yeah. and some of the other TV movies as well were his disaster movies? I, lo- I the, the little. Bo- I call them box movies because all those ones in the those, uh, disaster movies from the seventies. And all the people in the boxes. Yes, because everybody's face is in a little box on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like of all those. I like um, Roger Corman did Avalanche with Rock Hudson, mm-hmm. which is great because it's it's like a Irwin Allen disaster movie except it being um, uh, Corman. Corman, he does it in like eighty-eight minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's Rock an Hudson one. and me, Rock Hudson, Mia Farrow, and Robert Forster. So he, he's, Robert Forrester, who, who some of you might know from Alligator, and also The Black Hole. Okay, Alligator. Like no, that. on On Two True Freaks. Oh, they Alligator. Probably, that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying in Two True Freaks, they might know him better from uh, from The Black Hole. But, but yes, that, he was like, an Alligator as well. I like him better in Alligator because the whole movie he talks about his hair. Yes. <laughs> and how thinning his hair is. Ninety-one uh, minutes. Excuse me. I was and also, close. he was in. Uh, he was in Heroes too. He was in Heroes. He was. He was uh, the Petrelli's dad. Yeah. Yep. Who supposedly? Well, did you guys watch all of Heroes Reborn? I've not watched none of Heroes ever. I've. I've not. Right. I'm. I'm a few. Ep- I'm like two episodes from the end of Heroes Reborn. I am. I am like the worst member of this entire community. Bad. I, I don't. I don't read comics. I kind of. Jo- I know. I, I know who things are. Like I like. I like some movies but i'm not i'm not into disney not really into star wars i don't really know anything about star trek um but you know i know stuff that most other people don't know so (laughs) like like if if we had one like if we had if we had a podcast about factoring trinomials i'd smoke (laughs) hey as i say every time i'm on the the fire and water podcast i am a licensed and registered professional so that just doesn't help me on a podcasting gig. So. Yeah. I'm just saying this, like, I mean, like, so I, Heroes, like, I don't even know here because Kelly watched, my wife watched Heroes, and she's like, "Oh, you'd like this," and I'm like, "I guarantee you, I wouldn't." Actually, you probably would like Heroes. No, you know why I wouldn't? Because you have Unless to watch something. I have to watch no, because I'd have to watch it all in order, one, and at the time it wasn't over. Once it's all over, I have no problem watching. Like that's why I like when when Daredevil came out. The, 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 the Netflix series, not the movie, mm-hmm. um, because I was like, oh, it's all here. So even if it took me like two months to watch it all, because I watch it, like I can't watch it that much at a time, I know that there's an ending to it. And I know there's more coming, but I, at the time they hadn't announced the second season. Same thing with Jessica Jones. If that came out weekly, I would never watch it. And I like both those things. They were really both good. So you're just you're just probably champing because the Punisher's in season two of Daredevil, though. I heard, but. I also am okay um, if they never brought the Punisher in because I'm afraid – because I know what happened. I know people don't like the original – now, I'm not talking Dolph Lundgren Punisher because that's a different kind of Punisher. The, the, the Thomas Jane Punisher went from being very popular to being something people are not supposed to like anymore, but I like it a lot. Which was filmed in Tampa. Well, yep. Yes, it was. But the I mean really streets it. of Tampa, Florida. That's right. I, really, I know
2: where the, a lot of those scenes were filmed. <laughs> I can <laughs> take you there. And um, this is
1: where this happened. <laughs> but I really did not like the Warzone. No, I didn't like Warzone either. But there's some people who are like, well, but that's way better. I'm like, well then that's your opinion. You're entitled to be wrong. The problem is, it uh, if you ever had a chance to watch, it's called Dirty Laundry. It's on Oh, Netflix. I saw that. That is awesome. It's fantastic. And what happened was, uh, he filmed that, and again, he never he's never called the Punisher in it. He just has the one time with the shirt. Is right. it Ron Perlman in that? Yes, he plays the. That's store right. Owner. He
2: plays the the liquor store owner liquor in store the wheelchair.
1: wheelchair. All right. It's just a fantastic movie that they shot with their own money doing whatever. But what what I always found it was kind of disheartening to me. Um, was I really liked the Punisher? I saw it in the theaters. Read the the novelization. I read the graphic novel. That was made. I mean, Punisher's like been my guy kind of for comic books for a long time. I really liked the way that was portrayed there. And then, when he's turned down the sequel, it made me very nervous. Because Thomas Jane was like, I love playing the Punisher. This is a role. I love playing this role. I'm not doing the sequel. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be good. Right? Now, he, he turned down the sequel to do a movie called The Mist, which is really good.
2: Yeah, which uh, has a heartbreaker ending.
1: Oh, my. Well, I tell you, the uh, my wife had no idea it was coming. And... <laughs> She's like, are you
0: kidding? Like,
1: my <laughs> wife doesn't show emotion on any of this stuff. She usually doesn't even watch the movie. She plays in her tablet until like she's playing like, um, like, um, can- so, uh, you know, Candy Crush or Soda Crush or whatever version of Crush they are putting out that week. And she's on Facebook and she's texting and she she never she's watching every other screen except the screen with the movie on a lot of times during these things. We got to the end there and she just jumps and goes, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like perfect <laughs> i had read the the uh the short story so i kind of knew what was going on but, yeah, but the time, short story doesn't end that
0: way no uh, i know but was, i'm saying yeah. well, i had
1: an idea of what was happening in the movie you know kind of thing like you know mm-hmm. why they're in the store all that was surprising to her like wow. i don't know if she thought it was going to be like the Fod remake which she kind of never watched uh the fog remake sucks but anyway um But the thing is, that was what the thing is. When you watch uh, Dirty Laundry, you see what uh, Warzone could have been, and it makes you like kind of upset because you're like, ugh, now I got stuck with Warzone and it sucks, you know, kind of thing. But I haven't seen Warzone. You ain't missing anything. Ain't missing anything. The problem is this too is that I think that's why Thomas Jane turned it down. It just wasn't going to turn out well. Even with Thomas Jane, it wasn't going to save it. I mean, Luke's seen it. I mean, do you think I'm on point here? Yeah, I, I, I didn't care for. Uh, the, the th- I, I remember having a conversation about uh, Warzone, where somebody asked me, "Was like, well, you, 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 probably, you, you like stuff like Death Wish Three? You probably liked it." I said, "Well, the problem, the difference is Death Wish Three came about it honestly, whereas this was trying way too hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't. It's, it's, it's not authentic." And it's like, that, that's not the Punisher. I i mean, I'm not a Punisher guy, but that's not even the Punisher I remember from the comics. Yeah. I mean, right. it's just ridic- like, you know, this idea that it, it's ridiculous and you're supposed to laugh at it. like, nah, I, I didn't buy that. It's like, yeah. you know, the the, the the Thomas Jane Punisher is not perfect, but it's a, it was a, to me it was a lot better than Warzone. I think it's telling <coughs> that that is still to this day the only f- feature film Marvel released with the Marvel Knights imprint on it. Yeah. Because that's how bad Warzone was. It basically killed that imprint. Because I, I got a sneaking suspicion that like inhumans and some of those other Marvel Knights properties were probably destined to be released under that. You know, uh, like uh, but but obviously never saw the light of day because of it.
2: Right. Well speaking of Jeff was that reminds me of uh, when uh, Charles Bronson was on Andy Griffith. <laughs> what happened to Otis?
1: He's not in a cell. Hey, shut his What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading down to Emmett's fix-it shop to fix Emmett. <laughs> that has been part of my life for a very, very long time. And everyone's always like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, "Oh, you need Luke to say it. He says it way better than me." Yeah.
2: The only reason I know some Robert Frost poetry is from Telephone. Yeah. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, and I have miles to go before I sleep.
1: My monster, but it was Donald
2: Pleasance yeah. that
1: was that was setting off the Russian agents. Yeah. I like it. That's like uh, you know uh, uh, when when uh, Crow and Servo make their own their own monsters. And my monster is a, is familiar with the night. He is acquainted with the night. Sounds like your monster reads frost. Yeah, and he shoots it like death from his bloody stumps. <laughs> but you know it's a All good right. movie.
2: Frogs, frogs, <laughs> frogs. Is a... How did they get Ray Malan for this? Or was Ray Milan pretty much on the downside of his
1: career? <laughs> I well, got
2: him. I mean, he's done a lot of. Well, uh, you know
1: what's funny is that Ray Milland, the exact same year that he made this film, also made the thing with two heads. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> it's
1: coincidence. like <laughs> coincidence or paycheck. You make paycheck. the call. <laughs> Ray Moland is like, look, I got I got bills to pay, yo.
2: Well, so for frogs, he
1: didn't even have to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I've always thought that as bad as his entire family is, Jason seems fairly reasonable compared to the rest of them. It's mm. like he he wants to get rid of the pests on his island, he wants his family to treat him with respect and do what he says for one day, because they're all trying to get his money when he dies. And it's like he just wants his <laughs> the way he wants it. I mean, th- what's the point of being rich if you can't say that, you know? But uh, you know, clearly we pay enough taxes. We pay enough taxes for our I turned into uh, I don't even know who that is right now. The I, cookie I, Monster? <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I started talking like I started saying lines of. Well, my, my daughter loves Cookie Monster. <laughs> no, actually, no, that's uh, uh but the, the, my, my my daughter loves the Cookie Monster, and so I started talking like Cookie Monster, and my middle son hates it when I talk in voices. He says, "Don't talk like that. Talk like Daddy." So I started ta- I started saying Yoda lines like Cookie Monster. It's like, mm, when you're 900 years old, not so good you will look, I don't think. Mm, no. No. The Force is my ally. Yes. A powerful ally it is. And it also brings cookies. Yes. <laughs> Changes the whole movie. You do it. I mean, he was a Muppet. You know, it works out. <laughs> Master Cookie, what do I take into the cave? Only what you take with you. Only what you take with you. And you should bring cookies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You bring oatmeal raisin. <laughs> they give you energy. You bring oatmeal raisin. And you energy bring... they give you. Energy they give. Yes. Oh, it's very good. Oh, Cookie, not make mistake. You write down the the uh, the letter of the day, Cookie, on this piece of paper and not eat the paper. Yes. But that having been said, yes, I don't uh, Ray Moland, uh Yeah, that's. I don't know. It's it's it. This, this is I'm, I'm, oddly enough, this is probably my favorite movie with Ray Moland in it. So I. I oh, also right. The 4D man yeah, with Robert Lansing. Isn't yeah, that... I mean, yeah. Ray thought the 4D man, isn't he the one seeing through things? No, and... I thought he was. Oh, maybe I've got my. Yeah. Hmm. But he, but I mean, he was in uh, Dial in for Murder, you know, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's kind of the the big one. If you I mean his go with that, his sure. filmography is hundreds and hundreds of uh, of things. I mean, he also, I mean, the year after this, he made The House in Nightmare Park and Terror in the Wax Museum. I'm thinking he was the Michael Caine of his time. Yeah, just always always liked to work. Ching, no, ching. he wasn't the 4D <laughs> man. He was an X, the man with the x-ray eyes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in pa- and also in Panic in the Year Zero. Premature Burial, you know. I mean, lots of the genre films for him here. Bugles in the Afternoon, which I'm guessing is a war picture. Hostile Witness. He was in Love Story. Yeah, he was in Love Story. He was in uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On an episode of Fantasy Robert Island. Robert Lansing was in 4D Man. Yeah, I had the wrong movie. <laughs> he also, he was he played Sire Yuri in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. You know, and he was, oh, in one of my favorite, uh, talking about disaster movies, one of my favorite TV disaster movies of all time, Starflight, the plane that couldn't land, with Lee Majors and Hal Linden and Laura Nutten. That's the one with the... It's it's like Airplane 2. They make the uh, the commercial jetliner that can fly into space. And it goes so high that to, in order to... Because the, the terrorists shoot a missile at it, so it has to make evasive actions, and it ends up leaving the stratosphere, and it's orbiting the Earth. Oh, is God. Is, is, is that uh, Mayday at 40,000 40, feet? Mm, don't believe so. I don't think it had that. Because that's Mayday at 40,000 feet. He plays Dr. Joseph Minahan. No, this is Starflight, the plane that couldn't land, was also known in its theatrical release in uh, the UK as Airport 85, despite it being made in 1983. Mm-hmm. I think it was, wasn't was shown there until 1985. Yeah, no, he plays Q.T. Fact. Thornwell, which is a fake name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Q.T. He's QT not He's QT McWhiskers, a giant 16-foot-tall cat robot that shoots laser beams and flames from its eyes. <laughs> now, Starflight 1 was one of these movies that I knew about for years and years because it was in the uh, Leonard Maltin movie guide. Yeah. And I'd never seen it, and then when the video gallery by Clemson University went out of business and they were selling off all their stock, I they had it, and I bought it, and I'm like, yes, I went right home and watched it. I'm like, this is the most awesome movie about a plane stuck in outer space I've ever seen. <laughs> might be the only
2: movie about <laughs> a plane stuck in outer space you've ever seen.
1: Look, yeah, it's just like uh, I found on YouTube, a special bulletin. You guys remember that one?
0: Mm-mm, no.
1: That's the one where it's 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 like the it's presented like a real special bulletin newscast about the, um, the anti-nuke terrorists... Uh, creating a dirty bomb in the, oh, yeah, in like the south harbor carolina? In, Char- in charleston harbor in yeah yeah oh yeah
2: and yeah,
1: they set yeah. off the nuke at the end it's like dude that's <laughs> awesome i live in south carolina you know so that's all <laughs> not anymore <laughs> well i don't live in charleston so that you know low country this is going, going... really local this is great yeah it's, it's uh, that it's it's that one and the other one is without warning which was the 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 mock the the fake documentary or the fake news one about the um they were, like, meteor strikes that turned out to be, like, alien ships and stuff. Mm. And that one's funny because they actually worked the title in because it starts out as, like, a crappy TV movie with Laurie Anderson. Or Lonnie Anderson. With Louie Anderson. Louie
2: Hey. <laughs> How you doing here, folks? Top
0: Louie
2: Louie Anderson. Top five answers
1: on the board. Oh, man, I'm winded from walking over there from that podium. No, with Lonnie Anderson, it's, it's, it's like the, uh, like a lifetime movie called Without Warning. And then they interrupt the movie to do the news break, and then they interrupt, they go back to the movie, and then interrupt it again, and then that goes into our, our fake news movie for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that was on, like, that was in on, like 1994. And then I remembered this other TV movie I saw, where it's, it's called Murder Live. You guys remember that one? No, I don't. That is the one where the guy, um, it, it's it's um, it's it's like a daytime talk show, like a um, like a Jerry Springer type show, and the guy's son had gone on it, and he got like ambushed or something on the show, and ended up killing himself. So the guy comes back and takes the show hostage, and it's like they're, but they keep showing it live, like he won't let them cut away, or he's gonna he's gonna kill her. Sounds like the plot of Psycho Four. It's got it's 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 got uh, Mar, uh, Marge Helgenberger in it and David Morris.
0: Oh, good, Marge Helgenberger.
1: You guys, I I remember that when it was on um it was on uh, it was on NBC. I was in like I was in like '97. I was like when I was in high school. It's pretty good. I mean, I remember that. But the problem is now I'm searching for this one on like YouTube. And if you want to see some depravity, put Murder Live into YouTube. Oh, you don't get this movie. Oh no! <laughs> kids, kids don't do that. <laughs> that's like, that's like googling. How do I attract teenage girls? We're we're ah. a little far afield here, but uh, but that's okay because it's my format. I, we can do whatever the hell we want. So um, but uh, but let's let's uh let's bring it on home here. So uh, um, let's do fi- final thoughts on frogs. Uh, Doctor Bill, what do you think? I laughed. I cried. I didn't.
2: Well, I was gonna say I kissed four bucks goodbye. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, When you first approached me, with this it had been been so long. Well, actually, it had been so long since I'd seen any of these. So it was it was nice to kind of stroll back down memory lane to a, a kinder, simpler time when I was young and not old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which
2: uh, I'm gonna go off tra- off topic again. Stay on when you're talking about <laughs> when you're talking about mu- movies that affect you. Yeah. There were um, when I was in the service, me and a bunch of friends of mine we had had a horrible weekend, a horrible day and we went in and we saw field of dreams and we we all came out of the movie we all looked at each other and we went, let's go see that again yeah that was pretty damn good but now thinking back on that movie now what what rings true for me now is when I watch the scene at the end, where he goes and meets his dad, and it's like, there he is, before life had beaten him down. Now life has beaten me down! Yeah. <laughs> I see that movie in a different way. It's not fair. I don't want to be beaten down by life. But anyway, Frogs, thanks thanks for ha- having me on here for this. It was it was good to, I mean, it's good to see Re- Ray land again, and people being killed by random animals. No, yeah. no
1: mammals. No mammals were killers in this movie. <laughs> All right, uh, like I said, Bill, you're, you're always welcome here. You might suffer abuse on other shows. Back to the bins! But uh, you're always welcome here on Earth Destruction Directive. So, uh, Jay, what are your final thoughts on, on Frogs? Alright, so Frogs, you know, it's one of those, again, taking us back to being kids. You know, uh, Friday nights when you finally got done with the school week, you're just like, wow, I know there's going to be something on to watch. Frogs comes on, you're never disappointed. You got to see... Uh, dumb people getting killed by insects. Uh, you get to see some, you know, just insane amounts of chemicals kept in high places. Badly, you know, the, some, the, the effects may not all hold up, but you know what? That's what it is. It's entertaining. It's, you know, you're, you're at the end of the day, you're not sitting there going, ah, just wasted two hours of my life on TV. Uh, it'd be an hour and a half, normal. So you know, it's 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 great. It's one of those things that looking back you can look back and have good memories about things and enjoyed that time uh to to think back to those you know when it was just a lot easier when everything wasn't plugged in constantly you weren't constantly bombarded with crap and you could just kind of let's just chill and watch something and it's it's nice to be able to look at that stuff and I, i'm glad you had me on to do this one too uh obviously i had a lot of fun doing this i had a lot of fun talking with with dr bill um you know and you and I talk all the time, Lou, and, you know, it's, it's hard because most people don't hear those conversations except maybe our spouses, uh, you know, and they think we're insane anyway. So it's nice to do this. It's nice to be able to talk about a movie like this, um, and it's just a good, fun time. And I hope people, if they're interested in checking this out, because uh, uh, I think uh, we were talking before, Bill and I uh, – I, I had seen someone on YouTube. You couldn't find the link anymore on YouTube, right, Bill? Right, yeah. Yeah. The American – like, so – that means you're gonna you might wanna you know you might wanna go and and pick this up. It's it's as Luke said it's on a double bill with uh, with Food of the Gods. Food right? of the you're Gods. That yep. I mean that that's, that's right fifteen now, bucks well spent right there. That's 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 a two, you go to Two True Freaks. You listen to this podcast. You're like wow, I really want to see this. You go click on that link, just like I do every single time I buy something, and I go right to Amazon, and I'm gonna buy this. Well, I already own it. but You can go do this too, and I'll tell you right now. That is an evening, a double feature, frogs and food of the gods. You will not be disappointed at the end of the day. Um, you might not want to go outside with nature for a while, but you will definitely be entertained. Totally, totally. And uh, like I said, uh, I, 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 when, we, when we each did the other two parts of the trilogy, we ha- I had to get both of you guys on to do this. I, I, knew, that, I knew that deep down in the cold black recesses of my soul. Uh, that we had to do this because it's the perfect capstone to it. <clears throat> like I said, I'm a I'm a huge fan of this movie. It, it's it's just such a, a guilty pleasure because it's so, so ridiculous on so many levels, but I absolutely love this movie. The fact that, like I said, I'm a huge fan of frogs as animals makes it that much more enjoyable, the idea of them being the croaking masterminds behind this whole swamp uprising. Uh, and, and yeah, just the just ability to, to sit back for an evening and, and literally just be by myself and... Have a, have a bowl of pretzels and a beer and, and watch a, a crazy, kooky, uh, you know, 70s creature feature like this. It's just, it's great fun. And that's all I'm looking for in a lot of my, you know, this entertainment. You know, the thing about Earth Destruction Directive, giant monster movies are not going to win Academy Awards. It's never going to happen. But we you know they, but giant monsters have this great following and this great fandom because of they, they, they bring us back, like Jay, where you were saying, to a simpler time. And and this is movie kind of even though it's not giant monsters, it fits into that same mindset where it brings us back to a simpler time, when you know it's you could just make a movie about a swamp full of, of uh, killer frogs and reptiles and butterflies and Spanish moss, and you know it, it didn't it didn't need to be the greatest thing ever. It just had to be fun for ninety minutes. And I I will always prop this movie up and point to this movie as just a fun nature on the loose eco seventies movie because it's 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 just a, a hoot, an absolute hoot, and I had a I was really made me happy to get an excuse to watch it again. Even like I said, if my wife refused to watch it. with Um. So, uh, guys, I want to thank you both for being on. Uh,
2: wait, wait. You just had me pop a par- parody song in my head when you said "nature on the loose." It made me think of, uh, of, uh, oh, what is that? That group called Saga. Tonight I'm on the loose. And, Tonight frogs on the loose.
1: <laughs> no one can stop them now. See ya. See, I, I was thinking more like, you know, uh, frogs on the loose. <laughs> frogs on the loose. They're hopping and croaking all over the place. The frogs are on the loose. Construction directive crossed over with long play. Uh, all right, so Bill, where can we? Where else can uh, can listeners, if they haven't heard enough of you on this particular episode, where else can they hear you <laughs> on the two true uh, here on the internet between the two other shows on the Two True Freaks Network?
2: Oh, um, I'm all over uh, uh, Back to the Bins, Anime Freaks. Um, I think I can remember the shows I'm on, but uh, uh, I don't like to toot my own horn that much. Uh, no, no consoles for, for old men. men.
0: Yep.
2: Um. We're going to be returning with Walking Dead Wednesday soon. Uh, I think that's my normal shows. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep, that's
1: that's you know. See, Jay, yep. this is much easier for you. Where can where else can people hear you on uh, online if they want to hear you? Well, if they want to hear me, you want to go to the Vault. Uh, that's where you. That's my the normal show I'm on for now. Uh, there may be more coming, but as for right now, just on the Vault. That's where I'm a regular. Uh, you'll see me once in a while pop up on like a, the Star Wars round table or, um, you know, discussing whatever. But that's where you're going to find me. If you're interested in seeing what I actually, you know, the artwork I actually do, uh, I do post stuff sometimes on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. But uh, on Instagram, Jason Jackanetti, all one word, uh, I post my stuff there. My hashtag is The Art of Horror Collective. If you go online to The Art of Horror Collective, uh, if you search that on Google, it'll bring up my webpage, and I have movie reviews there, including I think one for Frogs. Uh, I also have artwork posted there as well. Um, horror stuff, yeah, it's horror stuff. That's what you're gonna see. Horror yeah. Stuff. Yeah. All right, cool. So everybody, be sure to check that out. Art of Horror Collective is a uh, you wanna you wanna get um, outside of the normal Tootoo Freaks comfort zone. The stuff my the models and stuff my brother works on are are definitely in that leaning towards the vault side of things let's just say rather than the the monthly monday side of things uh guys again thank you very much for coming on and we've uh it's uh this has been an epic recording i think if uh, especially concerning the stuff that went on before we went on here
0: um,
1: <laughs> but uh but it's been a hell of a lot of fun and uh i want to hope everybody enjoyed the show And hope you go check out frogs uh, like jay said use the amazon.com link on two and go pick it up if you're listening to this show, you will enjoy this movie, so you owe it to yourself to check it out if you haven't. Uh, that's all for tonight. Again, want to thank you guys for being on. I don't know what's going to be next because this is a guiding show, so I uh, hope you guys enjoy whatever the next episode is as well, and until that time, keep them stomping. Destruction Directive, a Dai kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Link Jacconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at Two True This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJACONE. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to 2TrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one.
0: Well, it's big and terrible.
1: More frightening than I ever thought possible. I.
2: We're what. What are, are you doing here? Wait we're, we're,
1: we're, were we doing something tonight? Yeah, we were supposed to be doing frogs. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
2: J Guys and Jedis? J A I G. Oh. Not J Giles, as in the band. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. J Giles and Jedis? J Giles and Jedi. <laughs> Freeze frame. Dun, dun, dun. That's exactly what I was
1: thinking. You have your intro. Done. <laughs>
2: All right, let me go grab some dew. I'll be like back been, in 30 seconds. Been oh, sitting wow. on the stove. Bill, you're becoming a <laughs> stereotype of yourself, a caricature. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, funyuns and Dye Mountain do. I hate Funyuns. <laughs> I, have, you know... Say, like, I know dude. the definition of insanity. I... Never mind, i <laughs> <right, right. laughs> Expect different results. Yeah, I just keep air every night and I keep expecting a different I was gonna result. say
1: I, I think I think every married guy knows the definition of insanity in that sense, Dr. <laughs> Bill. It's like maybe tonight'll be different. Da, 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 da,
0: <laughs>
1: this is all going on the show, by the way. This Sing is <laughs> He's the star of Big Ass Spider. Oh jeez, I love that in Walmart. They just back on Heroes again. Yeah, um, he's playing himself on Heroes. Yeah, Yeah. he's playing himself. No, he was. I mean, that that dude is Matt Parkman. As far as I'm concerned, when we were when we were watching Force Awakens, I elbowed. It's Matt Parkman. He's gonna read (laughs) Kylo Ren's mind to figure out how they gotta fight him. This idea, and I go, "Oh my God,
2: Neil deGrasse Bison. and I was like. (laughs) I could Photoshop his face
1: on a bison. It would be beautiful. No 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 no, 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 no. You Photoshop his face onto M. Bison from Street Fighter. <laughs> oh,
0: <Jesus. laughs> oh, yeah, my but God. now,
1: is that going to well, be Raul Julia? I, I think I have... think it kind of has to be Raul Julia, I think. Game over! I'm back. So I says to Maud, I says... <laughs> So he says and then there's mod. <laughs> then there's mod. Because I would have put an El Matematico mask on. Yeah, here you go. Here's El Matematico. <laughs> That's an actual wrestler. Yeah. Way. See it? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, can you now you don't know me very well, but I'm saying, could you imagine a Matthew coming in going, I am El Mathematico? I think I would be terrified you're going to body slam me if I get something wrong. My problem is I have, I have glasses and I can't see.
2: Yeah, on. the glasses so, kind of ruin the effect. So
1: I would tell, well, that'd be even funnier. Well,
2: right? you wouldn't if be I able think... to hold it up. You'd have to put goggles on because you've got no ears to hold it. Yeah, the...
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, i just put a strap around the back or just squint a lot. Like I'm a villain. Yeah, <sighs> yeah El <sighs> Mathematico looks like a villain. <laughs> I mean, what pushed me
2: o- over the edge w- the second time when he really got sick was was when they're like, you know, do, do, do you want us to resuscitate him? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I told you it was it was like I had a dream sequence for a second because I I, I I saw the cat on the table and they bring out these little tiny paddles with paws shaped on them and and they rub them together
0: clear, clear.
2: clear. <laughs> And then I asked the lady, I'm like, how do you resuscitate a cat? And then I told her what I just, I'm like, do you have little cat-shaped paddles that you put on? And she just looked at me like, what? Nothing. Never mind.
1: We no. just use a car battery. Get off
2: of <laughs> it. We just plug it in outlet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, if he goes, let him go. I, no, don't, don't, you know. Yeah. I got a DNR on that cat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get your picture in the paper. Local man ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a boring conversation anyway. Boring conversation anyway. My, my, my Space Mountain story, the last time that we went to Space Mountain uh, with my parents, last time we went to Disney with my parents, I was a junior in college. Uh, so this was yep. 2000, I guess it was spring of 2002, I guess. and uh, Or maybe spring of 2001. And so we go down there, and I'm, and I'm the only one who'll go on Space Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. So I get on there and I, and I, and you know, you got to step in the, uh, into the little shuttle thing and I lift one leg up and I step in and I put the other leg up. And as I'm lifting that leg up straight down the side of my boxer shorts from, from, from stem to stern, I, I split my boxers, I had to walk around like that all day. Well, but the the old, but the thing was, it's a different time back then. I know, I know, men it's, were it's different. It's, no, yeah, well, men were men and women were men and goats were terrified. You know, I I understand. I mean, you know, Bill, you're from Florida, you know how this goes. But uh, <laughs> 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 oh, where's hero when you need him? He's always good for a good goat sex joke. But uh... when we met up with Scott about a about
2: three or four weeks ago, we went over um went to that Disney. Well, that's when I got stuck in the thing. <laughs> but. But I was, I was saying, I was saying to Ben, I was like, on on, on the way, I was like, well, you know, we got to be careful because we don't want to speed because we don't want the, we don't want the Disney cops to pull us over. And I, I saw him like, look for a second. I'm like, yeah, cause they got, you know, you'll have Mickey and, and, uh, Goofy playing good cop, bad cop, you know,
1: <laughs> you know, hold, don't hit your head when you get the, co- oh, you hurt yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you better talk cause he gets pretty pissed off. <laughs>
1: The Disney cops, you know the the, they they the thing is I don't know what what color uniforms they wear down in, in like celebration and stuff like that because they have their own police force. Mm-hmm. They should have to wear the pastel colors like everyone else does. Can you imagine that getting there and you guys wearing like 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 a, like a pastel powder blue? <laughs> like you just can't. Like he looks like he looks like 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 like, like I don't know. Like a Tar like Heel fan wearing. pulled you over, yeah. Well, no, but I'm saying like like or, or even better than that would be like with, like, pink shirt with, like, a fringe and shit. You're like, what the f-? The guy's like, sir, get out of the car. I don't think I can take you seriously. we <laughs> will drop you. He pulls out a taser and it has, like, Mickey ears on it. <laughs> they wear the body cameras, but you watch the video and it pumps in. It's a small world underneath it as they're beating <laughs> on the guy. Yeah, their sirens don't, like, wear It goes, da, na, 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 na. <laughs> uh, Don't get saucy with me, Bernays. <laughs> You'd be amazed the number of people who don't get that. Count the money, count the money. De Demonet. 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 <laughs> Actually, the one I like that, that is is when she goes and she she goes to the palace and Count De Monet opens the door and she rips her bodice open and says, take me, ravish me, have your way with me. And Harvey Corman goes, Alright
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> And she's got
2: this laugh, it's one of those laughs that you have to see to believe because it's it's one where they where she just stops and her face locks up and then she goes Ah, 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 ah. I'm like, Oh my god, is she having a stroke <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, strokey, you okay with that? And and then she'll stop and go ah, ah,
2: ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Until she get all the airs out of her again. And she's like, just Oh my god, god I love that
1: movie And I was like, Well, yeah, now I really feel old. Yeah. So, so, so she sounds like the air brakes on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse. I mean, the, we have No, uh, oh, a school bus goes <laughs> the air brake going off as they oh, park. Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse. You could do the Pataro's not here, but do the Pete Puma. You know. I can't even do it anymore. I've 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 had so many sinus issues this year. I was laughing like Mutley for about two months there. I can't do the the Paul P the Pete Puma. How do you oh. do it myself? Yeah, you got a lot of lumps. A little lot of... You at a little bunny rabbit.
2: <laughs> uh, Scott said something of... This isn't going in the show, right? <laughs> I'm
0: just
1: I, I, I will cut this part out, Bill. Okay. Um, I totally am not cutting it out. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs>